Hey, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show about to begin. It's uh, uh, I dubbed today Powerful Women Monday. <laughs> Why not? We got two amazing guests coming up in hour two. Uh, Priscilla uh, Romans going to be here with Great Care. Uh, if you've never or ever wanted to, I don't know why you want to, but if you have to navigate medical care, it can be a daunting task. It's like going into the, the pits of, I don't know, mortar. Could there be a way to help get navigation there? Priscilla's going to let us know in hour two. Uh, also, what is this spam on lockdown? What is Super Don sending to me? We'll, we'll get to that. Stand by. Uh, first hour, we're scheduled uh, Dr. Mary Bowden. Um, how about free market for medical medicine? Free market for medical care. Does anybody know that we don't have one? Well, I know she does, and I know y'all do, but we'll talk about that with uh, Dr. Mary B uh, Bowden in hour two. No, hour one, in fact. It is Monday, after all. Switch the hours around. We'll make it through. And she also has breathemd. Uh, org. We've got those linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. But first and foremost, what is the Hotez bubble? And why do you not want to live in it? That's coming up. No, film at 11. No, no, no. We'll start it up in just a couple of minutes. A little education to start you out. And we'll be back right after this. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, let's crank up another broadcast week alive, uh, what we call radio, but it's online and video as well as later as a podcast. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on, and we're going to talk broadcast healing like nowhere else in media, and I'm grateful that we have this opportunity each and every, uh, almost each and every day, six days out of the seven-day week. We've got August 1 happening. I cannot believe we're already in August, and yes, we're still alive. We're still breathing. Despite all of the naysayers and doomsayers, etc. life goes on. Although maybe not for, well, in a safe and protective bubble that Peter Hotez is trying to exist in. I'm going to get to that in a moment. Uh, but I hope that you had a wonderful weekend and that you are, you know, gearing up and, and harvesting things in the Northern Hemisphere in the summer months. And we're already, just before I went to air, I grabbed a, a handful of blackberries. I'm like, oh man, they're so awesome. And I'm keeping the birds away with what? Low tech, I know, rubber snakes. <laughs> I, you know, they, they would be all over those blackberries before I'd get a chance to have any and the rubber snakes, the only ones that are not fooled, at least from an attack perspective, are the large birds of prey, the hawks and the eagles. They'll come down, swoop down, and you'll notice it's like, hey, how'd that rubber snake move? It's not live. And they pick it up immediately, drop it, and go, oh, it's not something I can eat. But other than that, the little birds, they don't. They look at it and they go, nah, let's stay away from those blackberries. We'll go somewhere else. Uh, so that's a little bit of how to preserve the, uh, the food that you want for yourself and not donate it all to the birds. Like uh, Hotez, man, for the birds. His mind is like his bird brain. This guy, I don't even like to mention, but I just saw an article that was posted and Super Don linked it in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com. Will anti-vaccine activism in the USA reverse global goals? Well, your goals are probably a little bit more close to home. What are your personal goals? I want to stay healthy. I don't want to be injected with uh, synthetic mRNA altering my DNA protein synthesis cycle to, to produce abhorrent spike proteins that can create damage, inflammation, and injury anywhere and all over and inside the body. And theoretically or actually spreading and shedding is we see a lot of people that are just around people that have gotten jabbed that have strange rashes and anomalies like, wait a second, why is this happening to me? And I've seen it. It's happening everywhere. And, and, and hotels could be, I don't know. He's just completely either ignorant or just uh, allopathically and medically arrogant in his viewpoint that a global goal of massive collectivist 
injection, you know, which ultimately resorts to what injecting you individually, not this massive blob of the collective. It's like one shot. We've got everybody. Well, I think they'd love that. Maybe that's what they're spraying up above us. But the reality is the targeting of each individual and the violation of your fundamental right to inform consent, which includes the right to say no without consequence. Even if, even if they were to say, look at all the peer reviewed medical literature, it's safe, it's effective, which we know it's never happened truly for any vaccine in reality. And when they say efficacy for previous uh, vaccines, we have to acknowledge that the suppression of the expression of a disease in a given way is not the same thing here. We know this as preventing the disease itself. It's like, oh, well, we didn't see the thing manifest that way. Or, or if it looks sort of similar, then they get to redefine it. Yeah, we'll just change the, uh, it's a different disease. It's not to say it has nothing to do with that. And don't even think about bringing up the fact that these well baby visits result in sudden infant death syndrome within a week or so, or that within a week or so, maybe two weeks of getting a COVID jab, one, two, three, four, five, sudden adult death syndrome is manifesting. We don't know what causes it, but we know it's not the jab. We know it's not the vaccine. How do, if you don't know what causes it, how do you know what? doesn't cause it definitively not not even a question and they call the questions and the observations that i'm making anti-vaccine activism now all the years that i've been broadcasting this is my 23rd year broadcasting the robert scott bell show when we opened up the microphones in 1999 it was called jumpstart your health before it got syndicated a few years later and uh, this is the kind of stuff i talk about like vaccination there's no such thing as a deficiency of that which they're injecting you. And even if they were to argue that you're not manifesting the symptoms of what they claim they're vaccinating you against, I argued that's not necessarily a good thing. And in fact, the, the recent uh, years we've seen peer-reviewed publications, although some of them are forced to retract, but not because they're bad, but because they destroy the narrative. You know, Dr. Paul Thomas, Dr. Brian Hooker, Neil Miller, others that have published data surrounding the outcomes of those that are fully vaccinated partially or not at all. And it's a night and day difference in terms of chronicities, chronic diseases that used to be the domain of old people that became younger and younger and younger. And now children born with chronic ailments and illnesses. I was one of those, as I mentioned over the years here, chronically ill from the time I was born in the 1960s. I was the canary in the coal mine of my generation. So I went through it. I didn't know why while I was going through it. And yeah, I got mad. I cursed God. I said, Lord, why me? And then the prayers finally were answered, not by a magic lightning bolt from the skies that healed me, but by learning of natural medicines, by, by being grounded first and foremost in spiritual principle. And then I was opened up enough to be able to see and hear and, uh, and really acknowledge and recognize messages and embrace them and begin to learn about them like homeopathic medicine and naturopathic medicine and herbal medicine and dietary supplementation from a whole food source variety. And, and it changed my life, which is why I have a passion for this. Nobody's noticed that, of course. <laughs> but we, we come to an art, a guy like Peter Hotez who, oh man, I try not to be annoyed, Super Donna. Really, I try not to. He's a sad little man. And, and calling him a man might be an exaggeration. That it, I, mean, I know I gotta, I gotta call it like it is super D this guy is a little, little, you know, I, I had never heard Peter Hotez talk until he did an interview with Joe Rogan once. <clears throat> yeah. And that was a very revealing interview because I am convinced that the reason mm. why Peter Hotez has such a big chip on his shoulder mm. is because people who oppose vaccines 
had more popular books on Amazon than him. Yeah, yeah that was it. That's uh, what and came no out. joke. He actually like, pointed that out in the yeah. interview. Yeah. Wow, look at this. This anti-vaxxer's book is doing better than my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this article that was published, I think it was in the, the Nature Journal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it it's just a regurgitation of the same thing that he has said over and over before. Here's the scary part about this dude. First off, if you look, he he t- there is not an interview he will turn down. It doesn't matter who it's from. Can we get as him long on? as he's in front of a camera and a microphone? Can we get him on? He's good. He's he, I think he carries his bow tie around with him everywhere he goes, just in case a camera happens to go by. He pops it on. Vaccines, but uh, mm-hmm. he he lives in this little protective bubble in Texas where I he he I I get the feeling the impression that he wants to be the Anthony Fauci of Texas. Right. Yeah. And, and so how's that working uh, out for him? Uh, yeah, whatever. And Not he so has well. group, he has groupies and he loves yeah. it. And he, 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 you just follow his Twitter and you'll see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but to but him, we're, case, we're, we're an extremist media outlet. We are a media well, empire to him, dude. And if you look at what he says, yeah, this guy is nuts. Mm-hmm. He wants to, he wants to get the department of justice Mm-hmm. The State Department, mm-hmm. the World Health Organization, going after misinformation. He's even wanting the United Nations to get involved on dealing with anti-vaccine people, yeah. right? You know, I mean, he, what's left? You know, I mean, yeah. he just he wants to bring everything down and, and, and sees it as a global threat. Yes, it's a globalist issue. So let's yes. get a world government in here, Peter Hotez. Uh, his central tenets of the well, as he describes it, of the health freedom movement are this, because he really attacks health freedom and medical freedom. And of course, we're going to be talking with a physician about just that free market for healing, for health care, for medicine. And he would not like what we're going to discuss today. Prioritizing vaccine choice, especially for COVID-19 vaccines over government vaccine mandates. I mean, oh, the horror. You mean there are people out there that feel like we should have a choice? Hmm. Oh, my gosh, the horror. Number two. What is the health freedom movement? What are our central tenets, according to Hotez, promoting pseudo-scientific claims on the benefits of natural immunity or cures such as hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin? It's awful rich for people like him to be talking about, quote, pseudo-science. When you look at everything that came out of the CDC yeah. and the FDA at the beginning of this pandemic, t- t- let's, let's talk about pseudo-science for a minute here, yeah. right? Promoting, you know, the thing is natural immunity. Remember... Even his uh, his guru Fauci acknowledged that having the flu is way better than getting a flu shot years ago. We've seen that make the rounds. Oh uh, yeah, no. <gasps> he must be an anti-vaxxer he, too. Number three, exaggerating vaccine side effects and downplaying their effectiveness. What are the effectives? Uh, the effectiveness of vaccine side effects killing you? All right. Number four, asserting that the pharmaceutical industry and the U.S. government engage in backroom discussions or even possibly financial transactions. Holy crap. This guy is so deluded. He doesn't recognize that our uh, federal agencies, our alphabet soup agencies are all captured by the industries they're supposed to regulate. Backroom deals, front room deals, revolving doors, Hotez bubble. It's a sad place to be. And I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to get any more annoyed or upset before I bring <laughs> We can spend the rest of the hour talking about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see what we can do here. Does anybody want to recognize, as I do, I think so, that there hasn't been a free market for medical care or health care in this country maybe a century? It's been a long time, starting with the Flexner Report of 1910, maybe earlier. Of course, the anti-competitive uh, American Medical Association was caught colluding against chiropractic. But the entire what we call allopathic, let's just say, 
well, the insurance industry is a monopoly. It's designed to keep out competition. Licensure, it's for monopoly. It's designed to stop innovation even within the profession. Limit the number of doctors, etc. What about free market medicine? Well, of course, that would mean that, well, people might innovate. People might find that prices come down when there's transparency in the cost of things. And if doctors had to compete against doctor for the best results, for the best price, imagine what would happen. The Free Market Medical Association is here and we have it. It's fmma.org. And to introduce us to this is Dr. Mary Bowden. Dr. Mary Bowden, I pray that our connection is strong in the midst of internet connectivity issues. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you for having me. Well, it's good to have you, especially knowing now there's something called a free market medical association. What do you mean free market? Haven't we had a free market in healthcare and medicine forever? It's America. No, I know. It's something that most people don't even think about. And a lot of people think it's illegal to even operate the way I do. I mean, or if it's not illegal, that I'm just, you know, a grifter and taking advantage <laughs> of people and um, I mean, and it basically, I came about this because I, you know, I took off some time to take care of my kids. I have four boys. I had four children in five years mm. and I stopped working for a while and I wasn't sure if I was going to go back, but then and the only thing stopping me was all the headache related to the system itself. It wasn't seeing patients. It was all the headaches, all the obstacles that go along with seeing patients. And so I decided this, but I'm going to do it on my terms and I don't have to make money. I just, I want to break even. Um, I just want to be happy while I'm doing it. Cause I, you know, I didn't really have to work. I just, well, it was a choice. Right. And I, it has been the best decision I've ever made because it has given me the freedom to do it. It is, it is taken third parties completely out of healthcare. Mm. So it was, I only work for my patients. I'm not beholden to an insurance company. I'm not beholden to a stupid hospital telling me what I can and cannot do. I'm not mm -hmm. beholden to, you know, a lot of these places are even owned by private equity companies. And I'm not beholden to anybody but my patient. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's changed my practice completely. I spend 45 minutes with my, with each patient. I get to know them. Um, it builds trust, it builds communication and it's very, everything's very transparent. They know what they're paying up front. They pay on my website most of the time. So, and there's no hassling, there's no wondering, there's, you know, before, you know, every little part of seeing a patient would have to be debated. Like, so as an mm -hmm. ENT, I do nasal exams with a little endoscope. It's really not that big of a deal, but going, working through the insurance company, you bill for that as a separate code. And so you get a separate fee. And I remember with every patient, there'd be this debate. So I'm like, I really kind of need to look up their nose. I'm an ENT, that's what I do. But I don't know if the patient's gonna get some crazy bill that they're not anticipating. Because mm -hmm. half the time the insurance company doesn't approve it. And so the patient gets stuck with the bill. And it was always this struggle. And now- Well, and just, Dr. Bowden, how, how many people would you have to hire to keep up with the paperwork to fill exactly. out all those codes. Exactly. And then you know, half the time you just, you just write, you know, throw it away. It's just not worth the hassle you, of trying to go after it. Your experience is exactly what my uncle, my dearly departed uncle, Bob, who was a medical doctor, a physician. I looked up to him greatly and he knew I wanted to be a doctor when I was a little kid. And he said, no, you don't. I'm like, 
Uncle Bob, what are you talking about? You're a doctor. What do you mean? I don't want you're going to be miserable. It's like, I know you, you're going to be miserable. I said, what are you talking about? And then years later, I found out exactly what you're describing, uh, what the misery would have been had I gone down that road. In fact, had I done to others what they had done to me, I'd have been miserable. Now, I had a lot of experiences with nice, kind, friendly, friendly, really, ENTs in my young upbringing. I had sinus congestion from almost the day I was born. I had uh, intranasal inhalers, borderline asthma. I even had the rhinoplasty. They said, hey, you can't breathe because you have a deviated septum. Let's fix that and mm -hmm. undeviated a little bit. And guess what? All the snot that was there before filled bigger holes. <laughs> I had I had a pretty nose then. But, but you know, the point is the history of my experience with allopathic medicine was not one that corrected any of my underlying issues. It sounds to me you're more open and responsive to patients in that way. I guess the, the concern I have for you is do you have any problem with your licensing boards in the state you're in? Because they still would kind of pull strings and go, hey, you're not prescribing enough drugs or anything like that. The only issues I've had are over, over ivermectin because I've been patients with, and I have now mm -hmm. five complaints against me um, all over prescribing ivermectin. Um, and I haven't had any, you know, nothing about my board certification, although there are other doctors in the country who are having their board certification challenged because mm -hmm. of their prescribing practices with, with COVID. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, nothing I'm doing is illegal. I'm just bypassing insurance companies, which. No, no, I, and I know, and I applaud you for it. I think it's great to reestablish the, the sacred relationship as it used to be known, the doctor-patient relationship. And I've said for years, the moment you invite a third party in, whether it's so-called so private, semi-private, or government, you corrupt that sacred relationship. Now you're not mm -hmm. responsible or answering to the, the patient so much as who's going to pay the bill and whatever they tell you. And now suddenly you're like, wait, can I do the basic scope that mm -hmm. i mean that's like silly right that you'd even have to pause to ask the question exactly. now they know if they put if you do the scope it's probably going to cost them a few bucks because you know it takes nothing i, I mean no right i don't there. i don't even charge them extra it's just part of the <laughs> exam but as it should be right yes um but yeah it, it's we've really messed up our healthcare system yeah and i and i'm sure my sense of you and anybody that believes in true free market uh, for healthcare would say, I would probably cooperate with a homeopath and a naturopath. We kind of get together and help the whole community better because everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses. And it's not like you have to say, well, if, if you haven't been trained the way me, you get to see no one. I think that's another part of the corruption well, of healthcare is that they've, uh, you know, aligned it to only one narrow kind of healthcare. I know. And COVID has really opened my eyes in that regard. Um, I, you know, I never considered myself an alternative doctor. I do love salt water rinses and I do salt therapy in my clinic, but I'm also pretty, you know, I do antibiotics and surgery too. It's not like I'm, you know, an extreme in any direction, but COVID, you know, I, in, in medical school, I was taught that the purpose of vitamins is just to, you know, throw money down the toilet, and just have you pee very expensive. Thank you. Know, urine, yeah, of I course. was told, yeah, your urine. Um, so, you know, I've always looked at vitamins with a skeptical eye. And now, I mean, I am a believer in, in just basic, you know, there's so much basic supplementation and basic common sense health care, you know, keep your weight under control, exercise, manage your stress and sleep well. And, and that can do so much 
for your health and all these drugs that are being thrown on everybody is just mm-hmm. uh, unbelievable. Well, and I maintain too that uh, skepticism is healthy, that it's not, it's when we become so uh, skeptical that we don't even open up to the possibility. Then, then we've shut down to even scientific inquiry about things. Mm-hmm. And, and arguably, um, there are various, not argue, I think it's obvious that there are, there are things on the market you could get at a mass market retailer that you take in as a pill that comes out as a pill. You know, So right. uh, there is truth to some of the skepticism about supplements, but when you find the things that work and have proven the test of time, some of these companies have actually gone above and beyond in terms of scientific validation, but they can't invest the kind of dr- money that drug companies do because there's no patent protection for these things. So right. people say, well, if it really worked, everybody would know it that's also a kind of a false belief system about how the world doesn't work. In fact, uh, in that regard, and you've had to work hard to find what you've found outside of your training even. Right. And I mean, look what they've done to ivermectin. It's the same kind of thing where they're not going to make money off of ivermectin. It's got to make money off the vaccine and off of Paxovitz. So of course they're going to weight and shoulders behind those, those treatments and, and, Whereas we've got some really great alternatives that, that they won't bring in the money. So we're not going to look yeah. into them. Pretty stunning. And and look, I, I agree with you too about what happened in the COVID era we've been through the last couple of plus years. I've never seen the physician community more open to anything and everything and really engaging the critical thinking mind, which is where we should always have been to say, not immediate dismissal, but you know what? We found the limitations of what we thought we knew we could handle. Now let's open it up. And so we've been meeting weekly in my area, uh, allopathic physicians, MDs, DOs. Uh, we're meeting uh, nurses, DCs, NDs, homeopaths, herbalists, everybody coming together to share experience to say, hey, what's working for you? What's not working? And we're looking for things that are far out of anybody's scope. But when we kind of combine our efforts, we're seeing the genuine ability of all of us to come together and be better for it, as opposed to have the view that we're going to be diminished and we won't have anybody in any. So it's really changed. Like you've just acknowledged as well for the better in the midst of some tragedies. Yes, mm-hmm. we're all dealing with, but I'm encouraged about moving forward with the doctors and nurses that have stepped up and said, you know what? I'm no longer to play party to censorship of ideas mm-hmm. right. and questioning because that's the sound goodness of science and even clinical observation. Right. No, it's, there have been some good things that have come out of this, but yeah. we just have a lot of bad things to overcome. Right, right. So this free market for medicine, fmma.org, this is an association. Did you establish this? Where did this come from? Tell me a little bit more about it because there may be physicians and nurses. I don't know who can participate in this, but I think the idea, again, of a real free market, not phony or crony capitalism is something we need to explore and reemerge. Yeah, and I did not start that. I cannot take that credit. Um, but it's basically for doctors that want to, you know, get away from insurance companies. And basically, it's called direct primary care and direct specialty care. And it's kind of like affordable concierge medicine. That's that's the way to think of it. Um, like direct primary care, kind of like joining a gym membership where you pay a monthly fee, but it's not exorbitant and you get access to uh, a physician mm-hmm. much more easily than you would on the insurance model. And then direct specialty care is someone like myself who, you know, all the prices are on the website. And, you know, if you have great insurance coverage, maybe I'm not the right choice for you, 
but there's some people that have very high deductibles. They're basically cash only patients anyway. And for instance, if they need ear tubes, they could pay $3,000 with me. And that's not just my fee. That's so that's that's the surgery center, the anesthesiologist, and the and a surgeon. Whereas if they went to Texas Children's Hospital, they would pay ten thousand dollars for the same thing, just because they're so. Yeah, you know, they don't have this model of, of trying to find. You know, I've shopped around to find the best surgery center to give me the best prices and and that sort of thing. Um, so I can be a, a good resource for people that have very high deductibles. The other system that is emerging out of this is where you contract directly with large employers. Mm-hmm. So I I don't do that directly. I work through a third party that does that. But basically what happens is patients are set up for surgery. Mm-hmm. Then they're funneled to me because my prices are better. So the it's a win-win. The company uh, mm-hmm. saves money. The patient gets better service. And, and I get paid directly without having to finagle or wonder if I'll ever get paid and that sort of thing yeah. from, you know, United hey, hey, Dr. Dr. Bowden, I can hear you okay, and Superdon can, but when we have the, the connection uh, difficulties, the, the audience has trouble with the choppiness of the, of, the, of the sentences. I don't want them to lose any words because what you're saying is very important and I, you know, where I want to go with you and on this subject, as well as talk ENT stuff, which I would love to do. I, I want to reschedule with you. We're not going to do it this moment because it's just out in the world when they hear only some of it. It's like it's missing great stuff because right. you're doing good work. And I, heck, if I had you as an ENT when I was growing up, I'd be far better off. I can already tell. Compare, and that's no slide on the nice people that I went to. Again, <laughs> I'm not saying doctors are evil. That's never been our our, our uh, story here. It's just a matter of the the trappings of of uh, limiting the worldview and the openness to things that are helping people. And I know that's that's where you're at now, and I'm appreciative of that. So if it's okay with you, we can reschedule another time to follow up on this subject and also some ENT discussions too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, I thank you. And you're in the Houston area, Houston, Texas. Yes. Right next door to Peter Hotez. Oh my gosh. I brought up Hotez. So (laughs) I don't know what you're going to do, but just don't let them throw syringes at you. Be okay there. Okay. (laughs) He didn't like me. So I think I'm safe. Well, Well, I can tell. (laughs) <laughs> That's why we like you as well. But also the uh, website directly, uh, breathemd, B-R-E-A-T-H-E-M-D.org. If you'd like to learn more about uh, Dr. Mary Bowden. And again, we'll get you back on because there's more I want to talk to you about. I appreciate it. I'm so sorry that the, the connection is, is not great where you are right now. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. All right. We're, <clears throat> excuse me. As, as, I, as I go to my own discussion of this history now i have to cough it's funny how that works <laughs> really ent throat give me some throats oh yeah i've got some silver here let me do that you know we couldn't get to talk about that yet <laughs> much better anyway apologies for that we noticed that the uh oh she said there was something going on in her area uh that was creating difficulty in the connection but we give it our best shot and i don't want to um in any way miss out some of the things we'll do the next time we have her back on uh, let's see what else we want to talk about. Okay. Free market for medicine hotels. Now it's just wide open. I get to talk about the challenge of the week this week. And you know, you guys and gals could try this at home, your own version of this <laughs> that, uh, I'm not going to tell super Donnie has to do it because I'm just so happy. He gets out there in gardens and he gave away a, an amazing, uh, zucchini to his daughter, which is like 
awesome. And, and we're starting to harvest them as well. Uh, but again, the fitness aspect of life, the ability to move through the earth plane while you have this physical body, it relies upon you continually using that body. And that proverbial statement, use it or lose it is very real. And that also means that if you just start to use it because you haven't, you're inspired to kind of get movement. The first couple of times or more, you're going to be very sore if you push yourself too far. At the point when you built yourself up, you can achieve things that you're looking at people now, or you might even be looking at me going, I could never do that. Well, I couldn't do it either till I started and it was hard and I pushed through it. I trudged through the, uh, the soreness, et cetera. Uh, but now going in, looking forward to the challenge of the week this week. Uh, I don't know if you know those big heavy bags that you hit or kick. Uh, if you take that one off of the swing thing and put it on the floor and have it, you could lodge it up against something so it doesn't move. And what you're doing is an, 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 not an inverted what is it? It's sort of an elevated push-up. So you're a little bit above, but it's it was a push-up, one push-up, and then you from a high plank position off of that push-up, when you go back up, you take a knee and you drive your knee in, your right knee and your left knee, and that counts as one. And so we had to do that this morning uh, for three minutes straight. And I was like, ooh, I don't know. I mean, that's going to be a killer one because, look, just doing one push-up, much less how many can you do in thir three minutes, only broken up by the knee drives? That was an interesting one. And I, I did okay. I was trying to get to 60. I made it to 59 in three minutes. So again, a push up on a heavy bag that's on its side on the floor and then a knee drive, knee drive. And that's one doing that for three minutes and, and see what you can do. I don't know if you can time it out and I don't want anybody to get hurt doing it. But anyway, I'm just pleased again with when I can measure my own abilities in that way. And it might be that you do five and three minutes or 10 and three minutes. You've never done this. I never did knee drives. That's all new. I couldn't do that when I started. In fact, I was like crying. Like every time I hit my knee on the bag, I'm like, ow. And now I'm like driving it through. It's like, it's crazy. But that takes time to develop. And as we talk about um, the wisdom of age that should come with age, if you make it to varied ages on this planet, that you begin to realize that the things your mom and dad or grandma and grandpa were telling you were mostly right, especially when it comes to how things get done on this planet. And what do, what do I mean by that? Some things take time. In fact, the best things in life often take time to achieve them, to get there. And as much as we'd like to say in the history of history, cataclysmic shifts happened in one day. And we think, well, when does that one day happen? And we have this complete shift and everything's broken down and everything is rebuilt. It's a long period of time in history and humanity. Even when we were talking with Jerome Corsi, I think it was last week about the fallacy of global warming, climate change caused by anthropomorphic activity. In other words, uh, if I say that right, uh, man caused by breathing or cows for passing gas, et cetera. The, the entire, uh, let's say premise or premise. How do you say that premise for carbon dioxide elevating temperature is called into question in reality. Cause it's not like a greenhouse and it, you know, our atmosphere is not identical to a greenhouse. It's not the same thing. And yet at the same time, I argue what carbon dioxide, my plants are very happy with carbon dioxide. If you want to feed people, you need carbon dioxide for those plants to produce food for animals or for you or for the animals you eat, et cetera. That's the kind of concept. And so my point in bringing back that history is that even with a cataclysm, like a, we call a, a meteor or something or a comet or whatever they predicted. He described that not all the dinosaurs died, that some of them lived. Some of them lived far from that or closer to the equator. There, were, there was a transition over a long time. Why do I bring this up now? 
It's because many of us every day, if you're if you're following the news cycle and predictions of imminent collapse of this or that, you know, tomorrow this is going to happen. All of these things that we continue, we look back and say, how long have those predictions been made? And yet they haven't happened completely yet. But we look at the trends and say, if we talk economics, has the has the dollar uh, strengthened over the long time that people have been predicting its demise because it's printed out of thin air, so to speak? Well, those who have uh, predicted that have been right, other than if someone tries to point this date, the dollar will collapse. It's like, well, there are ebbs and flows of that because it's floating against, guess what? Other fiat currencies. So these predictions of, of dire doom and gloom, we look at, we go, how, how come it didn't happen already? Anybody that's been you know, a prepper for years is prepping for that thing. When we, back in the day, for those of you old enough to remember Y2K, prepping for, oh my gosh, the world's going to end because the computer digits and all that. And we did some prepping back then. We didn't know what was going to happen. I wasn't a computer whiz, but life found a way to keep on going. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't things that cause major hiccups in the way we live our lives and planning and prepping for those things because they're inevitable on planet Earth throughout its history. It's not a good idea. It's a great idea. You're better off to be able to care for yourself. And truly, if you love to care for other people, it's really hard to do that when you cannot care for yourself. But the wisdom of being on the planet for a longer period of time that you gain, the ability to recognize that it takes time to achieve things, to have access to the information that I have without like going on a, a search online, for instance. And I'm not saying I never do a search online to clarify or find something new. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. I'll look that up. But a lot of the things that I have access to was because of the many years, and I mean that years of investigation, years of learning and researching and applying, finding out what works and what doesn't. Even hearing things that supposedly work and finding out that they don't or vice versa. Years of study to get here. Now, oftentimes when we look up to people that are older than us that have been here that know stuff and we're like amazed with what they know and we almost think it's magic or it's a psychic, uh, let's say, ability that people have to identify ailments and illnesses by looking at you. Maybe they've studied iridology or various types of typologies, constitutional and homeopathy or otherwise, or, or, you know, facial typology, et cetera. But those people have studied and studied and studied to the point where it's second nature, like breathing. And I, and I bring it back to the fitness routine because I think everybody can come down to that level and go, okay, I get it. In terms of my ability to, to jump on a bike and go mountain biking, and other than that first time when I was I hadn't done it in a while, but I've been in, in shape doing burst-type trainings and exercise interval-type trainings and finding out I could it, it translated and my body responded and I was in shape enough to do it. It was because of all the preparation that might not have been directly related, but indirectly, certainly in a fitness way. Yet I couldn't have done that had I not been doing other things that would allow me to push my body at that point. So to be ready, yes, you can have a temporary fight or flight reaction response. And, you know, like the incredible Hulk, that idea of lifting a car off of someone who's trapped under it. You've heard stories about that. We're like, how does that make sense? You can't lift that. Something happens in that moment. But in terms of general fitness, it's not there. It was like this miracle moment. Now, if you have to sustain a fight or flight scenario, being in better physical shape, mental shape, emotional shape, spiritual shape, all of these things will help us to navigate things that could wear us down. And I mean that from an energetic perspective too. Where do we focus our, our, our energy, our attention? 
You know, if it is in the evening news, if it isn't following people like Peter Hotez because you believe everything they say and they're telling you, oh, man, the world's against you because these people that love freedom, oh, they're the dangerous terrorists. It's like you have this outlook on life that you're afraid of everyone and everything. And I don't want you to live in fear. Recognizing that fear is a tool that can be used to keep us safe if we're walking on a ledge, but to have a fear of every day I wake up and I'm afraid of you fill in the blanks. Find out what those things are. This has been another one of those messages. If you don't want to be vulnerable like we were in the past two, two and a half years of COVID, find out, in, especially in the medical and uh, virological and infectious disease realm, what are you afraid of? Name it and then dig deep on it. Heck, ask us questions. Ask me questions here about it and we'll, we'll tackle it together. If anything, the thing that I would hope for you is that you don't live in fear of those invisible, whether they call them viruses or otherwise, that you realize you have some element of control. And even if you succumb to it temporarily, that you have a pathway out of it, that you won't end up victimized by remdesivir and ventilators, for instance. I mean, these are just basic concepts, I think. But these are the things that are just like so I'm just thinking about right now. And coming back to the wisdom of the ages or the wisdom, wisdom of the aged. <laughs> now, I recognize there are a lot of old folks that are on, on, you know, numerous medications and hooked to things. And, uh, you know, maybe they've lived a great life up until a certain point. And it was a rapid collapse. But then there are others that have been diminishing in their capacity and function over decades, whether it be into the cancer realm or neurological degradation realm. And, and I think that's not the wisdom I'm talking about in terms of they've been on the planet so long. So I'm immediately going to take their advice on healthcare, right? As you look at them hooked up to numerous wires, that's not what I'm discussing, but certain insights that even go beyond just about health and healing about things take time. And it can be so frustrating. It can be so maddening, especially with young people today. Here I am. I'm speaking as an old guy right now with kids as well that they've never really known for many of gen, uh, what do you call it? Y and Z millennial and post-millennial a lot of stuff they've had. And it's just been automatic in a sense. They've never known that they had to work hard for stuff. And even in my generation X, there have been things. Yes, I've had to work hard at things, but at the same time, food was always there. Even, you know, we weren't a wealthy family, but we didn't want for food and we had shelter and basic stuff like that. And most people in the West, especially in America, the poorest among us, you know, as we see that had TVs and phones and on and on, even so it's often transportation. So we really didn't know what we'd call abject poverty from a third world perspective if we've grown up in the West. And so it's a bit frustrating for young people going, hey, you guys ruined it for me. Right? Look at this economy. It's tanking. I can't find a job or a job that I want. And so we have this uh, discon disconnect and a bit of discord among the generations having to learn that thing that every generation probably has to learn that it takes effort, even though we can be more efficient with our effort. If we learn from others that have been down that road, if we want to go down a road that might be an easier path, but it'll still take time and effort, but maybe you won't be putting your efforts into something that is not really conducive to your end goal because others have been down there. Oh yeah, I tried that. This is what happened. You go, Oh, well, that's interesting. Maybe I don't have to go down that, that particular pathway. For instance, I was talking about was the other day, I was talking about, uh, Gosh, I was remembering about training for my bar mitzvah <laughs> back in the day. For those of you that have learned Hebrew, kudos to you. Obviously, if you're in Israel, you grew up with it. But 
uh, trying to learn that as a second language, ooh, man, that's a challenge. And then trying to learn the chants, when to go up, when to go down, to read from the Torah. I was remembering that and the stress that as a, as a 12 going on 13-year-old particularly, when you're working on that for a full year to get ready, there's a lot of stress. I'm thinking, is there, is there an easier way? Because I'm probably not going to become a rabbi. Is there an easier way to learn it? So you learn, hey, these are some techniques to get you get you there faster and, uh, you know, and still succeed. But then again, if it is your lifelong journey, you might go a different route in terms of learning it all of the hard ways because the purpose of your life is different. And so it just occurs to me, it's like your goals are going to be different than somebody else's, but you might have to achieve certain things along the way. Kind of like working menial jobs that you're like, this job sucks. Why do I do that? I've, how many jobs did I have that weren't the, the thrillingest, most awesome jobs? Many. But I, you know, I punched the clock, you know, did, did my thing and I gained some experience, earned a little stuff, even though at the time the government was stealing so much. You learn about that. You're like, well, I don't like that. Is there a way, or, way to navigate that too? But there were times where I look back, I'm like, you know, part of it was just learning to be disciplined, learning to be able to do something you don't like, get through it and survive to live another day until as you've toiled in obscurity for years and years and years, you finally find what you've been looking for in terms of what you love to do, what you are here to do. What is your mission? What is your passion? What is your purpose? And it's sad when there are people that have lived a long life and never really found that or figured that out. I don't know that they all lived to old age at that point because you see things like in the worst case scenario of the tragedy of suicide where people are so disconnected from their purpose or mission that they don't make it through an entire what we call a life cycle, if you will. And it can be due to pain and ailments and illnesses. Of course, we, we know that that's a real too. But finding yourself in situations where you're like, I don't, why am I doing this? And I was there. Plenty of times in my young life, and I would always try to find a way to make it a little better, make it a little fun, find the fun or the silly in, in anything that I did. But if there are any young people out there listening to me and this is resonating, God bless you for being where you are in this, in this lifetime. You have challenges too. I am not at all saying you have no challenges when I'm talking to you about these things. But listen to your mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. They know of what they speak when it comes to living on this planet for a long time. But Part of that history in America, I say 20th century, about the idea that you work for one place, pull a, punch the clock, and get a gold watch. I don't even know if they even have that, that vision anymore of, of existence. There was that through the 20th century primarily, and that kind of began crumbling in the latter part of it into the 21st, where people don't have that one career their whole life, most people. And I would say, gosh, well, what is it then? The opportunity as those old institutions crumble, is it? A disaster? Does it mean all things are going to be bad from this moment forward? Or is it an opportunity to tap into your divine creativity in times of challenge, in times of extreme stress, duress, and strife? To listen to the guiding voice of what I would call spirit. Everybody's got different names or views of that. To navigate a time when things are rough and tumble and not so easy. Because it's it's kind of like the sunshine patriots. We talk about that in the history of America. Those have been said, you know, uh, it's easy to do it when everything's sunny and my, and life's going swimmingly, but how do you handle it when things aren't going as easy? And we're seeing that economically being challenged to like, Oh my gosh, do I, do I fall into a deep funk of, Oh my gosh, now I can't really do the things I want to do. Or is it an opportunity like at any moment in time to tap in to the guidance that comes from within? And that 
almost disregards all of the outer noise because it's not really relevant unless you make it relevant. It's not really your experience unless you make it your experience and adopt it for your own. And maybe there's purpose there because you'll learn something in that times where I've been very challenged economically beyond, you know, the things that we all have challenges for. Are we going to fall prey to this consciousness of it's poverty time, the the dollar's tanking, the economy's tanking, or do we find that even in the midst of those challenges, we can rise above and beyond, not because we're trying to do something that would make other people mad, but hopefully we're trying to inspire them too to not fall prey to the narrative. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy or whatever that they're trying to say. That means you have no autonomy. You don't control any aspect of your future in a place and time where you own nothing and you'll like it. You'll be on Soma. You'll be on drugs just to get by or you'll end life because it would be miserable as those who have lived under tyranny, whether it be communist, socialist, any number of ways to do that. I just, you know, look, I got no script here. As you know, we had a, a guest for the entire hour. We don't. So this is where it went today. This is where it's going today. And, uh, you know, I pray that you can find inspiration in going beyond the narrative that's out there. And I know if you're here on this show with me, you have that in you already bubbling to the surface. It's just a question of, can we help each other out from time to time when we fall prey to the, oh my gosh, do you see what's happening out there? Can we get beyond the fear? Can we get beyond the co-creation of the fear mongering and how it manifests in our life to say, you know what, this is an opportunity like no other to do extraordinary things like no other time in history. And that if we tap into that, dare I say, God knowledge or divine guidance that we can in the midst of even the trouble, most troubling times in our existence, exceed all expectations and create or co-create a wonderful experience here. Now, this is not a talk about crass materialism. If anybody's thinking that it's about how many yachts do you need to water ski behind? If you happen to want one of those things, that's fine. This is not a judgment about that one way or the other, except that it's a time as well when things like this happen economically around us, that we can maybe connect again to that, which is truly fulfilling that maybe the perception of collecting stuff was never the joy that people thought it was. And people that have a lot of stuff find out that the problems only got bigger. So the stuff is something you can manage without attachment with attachment. We become, it becomes a problem but that we can navigate again and find that great joy in family and community in a garden and all of these things that yes, they shift priorities in a culture that is really prioritized materialism, if you will. And there's nothing wrong with having stuff, I'm not arguing. It's nice to have some stuff, but the attachment to it is what kind of is a trap. Anyway, uh, we got about eight minutes till the top of the hour. Uh, let me see, check in with Super Don if we have any other breaking news stories or anything going on in the chat room. I haven't even been able to look at the chat room today with the way uh, this first hour has been going. We got a whole other hour of, of really cool, cool stuff we're going to talk about navigating for those still in the medical realm. Uh, can you navigate that terrain safely? Uh, Super D, how's, how are you doing, my brother? I'm okay. You're okay? How yeah. are you? Mm. I'm obviously philosophical. It's where I, I end up going at, at those times where suddenly you have uh, half of a, an hour of a show to go, what are we doing? Well, this is what we're doing. On top of getting out in the garden, have you used your orange guard recently? 
outside I or use it pretty regularly. In fact, I got to get some more pretty soon. Oh, do you? <laughs> between between the midges and the garden, yeah, mm. it's, I've been I've been going through it. So I'm gonna have to go over to the website orangeguard.com. Uh, I don't think we have an Ace Hardware here in town. So seriously, no Ace in in. Clinton? I don't think we do. I wow, do. that's like that's yeah. ripe for somebody to. I mean, there's got. Do you guys have the big box ones, the Lowe's Home Depots too, though? Uh, there is a Home Depot, yes. Okay, so maybe they're afraid to, in a maybe. small town to compete with know. that. I don't know, but I, I, I like it that you can get the Orange Guard at a at a local Ace Hardware. Those are yeah. independently owned franchises, and uh, OrangeGuard.com or it's right in there. If you go into those Ace Hardware, it's amazing to see it. You're like, wow, you guys have it, and they don't even know it. So take time to educate the people in those stores about it, how great it is. There I am in my greenhouse, and it is so safe. You can spray it around kids and pets. They're not going to be harmed by it, and there you go. Hell free. Look at Hotez is having a, a, a conniption fit right now. My shirt on that picture should said oh, health freedom. Was that, was that? Oh, because it said health freedom. Health freedom, yeah. yeah. Oh, he hates yeah. health freedom. He thinks we're a dangerous cult of some kind. He's an interesting guy. Oh, and my. I just, you know, I, I think I, he's a uh, sad little man. I follow him on Twitter. Do you? Just because I just want to see what he's, you know, he's talking about. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just every opportunity he gets to display something where he's being praised, mm -hmm. where something's people are saying stuff about him. Oh, he just can't wait to share that. And, you know, he, he I don't know, he reminds me of. Reminds me of like one of those those guys that got picked on in mm -hmm. school. Yeah. And so then decided to become a scientist. So then he could look down at everybody and, and feel important. I, and stuff. I, you know, I try just, to feel compassion for a guy like that. It's hard, though, when he just argues that we need global governance to to, to root out I people mean, really, that like we need to bring in the united freedom. nations I mean, <laughs> it's just hard to to be nice to a guy like that Are that you... says i want a global police force to come in and shut you down and anti-science get... aggression that's yeah. that's that's his the the term and i think he coined that yeah a anti-science aggression mm -hmm. uh yeah i don't know yeah i don't know but you know what? Whatever. To each his own. Yeah. Or their own. Excuse me. So to what, each their own, not his own. Superty, what do you got as far as being an elder now? I mean, I your grandpa, we talked about that and joke about What do I it. have? What do you mean? Well, as far as wisdom. of You know, the things that you've gone over time, you go, I remember my mom, dad, or grandma or grandpa would tell me, and I'd be a kid and going, yeah, whatever, grandma. You know? And then you're like, yeah, oh, they look, the, the yeah, my parents knew a lot that they tried to convince me of, but I just mm -hmm. wasn't going to have it. <laughs> There's no way yeah. I had to go figure it out on my own. And I mm -hmm. did. And it was a long road. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking back on it now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I suppose the wisdom. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't even know if this is really wisdom, but it's just an observation. Yeah. Uh, is that I do understand my kids better. Mm hmm. Um, because I was where they were at one point, you know? So it's kind of like you, you see what it is they're going through, and you do your best to try and point them in a direction, stuff like that. But I also know how important it is to let people mm -hmm. fall on their face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's a hard it, one for it, a parent to let your kids learn the hard way, right? It, it you know, the, you, you learn, whatever. People have different paths. Some people, and I hate them. 
I hate the people that did everything right. They did all yeah. everything they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they got their, their, their two and a half, two kids and two and a half kids and a dog with a white picket fence and the, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I just can't relate. You know, mm-hmm. I had I had to go and get knee deep in it. You know, mm-hmm. growing up, and I'm and you know, in some ways, I can look back on it and I can go, man, you know, I would have done some this, I would have done that different or something like that. But you know what? If I had done those, if I had done things differently. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be who uh, you are. You wouldn't know what you know. On and on, right? You know. So yeah. I mean, you know what? Life, life is a is a, life is a trip. Yeah. And and uh, in more ways than one. And you just you got to get where you're going. Sometimes it's the wrong turns that bring you to the right place. You know. Mm-hmm. And you just got to figure it out. Yeah, I think that the you know the 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 freedom aspect of life uh, is so very vitally important for the pur- purposes you just mentioned, like. Had I not been allowed to do the decisions that were even bad or wrong, I couldn't have learned. You know, I needed them to learn. And, and you know, we, in the midst of the suffering from those decisions, we might curse the world and we're, we feel victimized by it. But I can't help but continue to look back on my life and say how grateful I am for what I didn't know and what my parents didn't know to well, allow me to go through like to like that, like help that, me identify uh, my journey, you know. Who was it that sang that song? The, the country guy that was super oh Darth popular. Brooks I know one of my favorites uh, thank God for unanswered prayers. unanswered prayers yeah. right yeah <laughs> exactly that's a great one yeah to that extent but um, you know the wisdom of the ancients as I say it and I joke about that in terms of grandma and grandpa because you're grandpa but you're not ancient um, Lori says she was raised by her maternal grandparents and she had a better childhood as a result my grandparents told me many things that I still follow today uh, and as I said this is the something that one thing I always really did appreciate super D growing up. Mm-hmm. I, I always enjoyed hanging out with my grandparents or old people in general. I would just have a natural inclination and interest in, 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 in what we say, curiosity. I would always want to go, tell me what was life like when you were little. Tell me something, you know. And that- you know what? I was so busy just being kind of a wacko kid that I look <laughs> back on it now and I yeah. go, I wish I had taken the time to do that. That is right. one regret that I do have mm-hmm. is that I didn't take the time to learn because now it's now it's too late. Yeah, you know, but yeah. So I, if I had one piece of advice, I would say, you know, if you haven't done it yet, sit down with your parents. If you still have grandparents, sit down with them and just ask them questions about their life mm-hmm. and about what what it was like growing up and what they went through and how they got to where they are and all that stuff like that. Because yeah. the, once that's you know, you get to our age, uh, you know, those opportunities you know may not be available to you. And it's important stuff to know where you came from. You know. Well, and that see now we you are. Yeah, okay, now you are doing the wisdom of the ancients right now, saying what you're saying. That's the kind of stuff when, you know, youth is wasted on the young. I, I'm not of that complete, but I, I get it now. I understand it. But appreciating the things that uh, only time can sometimes embed in you. And, and just like whether it be medical education or other, other kind of professions, you want to become a master at anything, the time it takes. Now, granted, there are some kids that are born into this, these great abilities, that you just defy explanation, at least from a rational reductionist perspective, from a longer term spiritual perspective, I think there's ways to explain it. But for the most part, what we want to achieve, it takes the time, it takes the effort, and then you also appreciate it so much more. That's why giving everything to everybody, why socialism, communism, these things don't work, for instance, as isms go. All right, let's go. Uh, We got hour two coming up now. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's the Brideon.tv simulcast of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Every every uh, time at this time of the week, Monday, 
it is our second hour and we get to do fun stuff on brighton.tv shout out to mike adams the health ranger and all y'all on the network watching on roku etc glad you are here health freedom and healing liberty on tap now uh you, you missed the first hour of a lot of philosophy so you're probably fine it would have been boring for you but <laughs> you're you're on the exciting hour we've got uh priscilla romans coming up this hour another powerful woman who it's like that's thematically here on a Monday, what we're doing today anyway, with great care. We're going to find out about how you can navigate the dangerous waters of the medical, what would we call it? It's, it's a morass, isn't it? If anybody's trapped in that system, what can we do to help them? Obviously, we want to help them to not rely on it. But if you're there, we don't want to ignore that either. So that's just part of what we're going to do. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on right now. Robert Scott, Bell Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, here we go, y'all. Another dive, deep dive in the foray of uh, health and healing in all of the aspects that you might encounter it, manifest it. You know, my background was being raised pharmaceutically, medically, allopathically, pharmacy, doctors, everything was in my family. And then transforming my health and life for the better because of all of those things being detrimental to my health in reality uh, with homeopathic medicine, herbal medicine. Uh, supplementing, going organic before there was non-GMO, obviously non-GMO. Now we've got so many other challenges that are threatening our very lives and health uh, that we get trapped often because it's a belief system that's so overwhelming that it still exists as the dominant belief system despite a lot of the craziness we've been through in the COVID uh, era last couple of years or so. And, and, and so there are those, whether you have friends or family likely that are trapped there, how do we help them navigate? How do we advocate for them to help them in the midst of it so they don't become too harmed by it, perhaps to help them to go beyond it? These are the kind of things or discussions I like to have on this show, the Robert Scott Bell Show. You can uh, sign up for email alerts, which are otherwise known as basically the Robert Scott Bell Show newsletter from Superdon by texting 22828. What do you text to it? RSB. My initials, RSB to 22828. And you'll immediately get a prompt and you can become part of the newsletter family. For those of you who want to step it up further, you can become patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Every little bit helps, even as little as five bucks a month. Uh, way better than a lot of the things you can get on cable. Promise you. <laughs> I think a lot of y'all can vouch for it that have been here for a while. If you're new, welcome, everybody. Welcome. Grateful for you. Uh, we've got a lot of things that are up and coming real quick I want to tell you about. In fact, I can't believe it. We're up this coming weekend. We're already in August 2022. And I'm going to be heading to Pittsburgh this weekend. Why would I do that? Well, Pittsburgh's a cool town. If you've ever been up there, it's not like the uh, Steel City used to be with smokestacks and things. It's really a beautiful place, and the terrain's great, but the people are awesome, too. Jamie Dorley and the gang at where? Nutritional Frontiers hosting me and Dr. Tracy Strout, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Len Brankowitz, Jamie Dorley, of course. The Journey of Healthcare Interactive Summit of Leading Health Experts. I don't know if you can beg, plead, or borrow to get in. It sounds like it's sold out, but you can watch this online live. I think it's a 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Saturday event. Yes, August 6th, the Saturday, uh, streaming live as well. I don't know if it's via Zoom or whatever, but if you want to be part of it, we'd love to see you, even if you can only make it online. That's coming up. 
after that, we get a, a weekend off, so to speak, and then back at the road again, Mesa, Arizona, for the Autism One Conference. And this has been an amazing conference for so many, especially the families that have been a- impacted by what's known as the autism spectrum disorders. And, and the various causes, including the vaccines, can be discussed at this event. There are physicians that are there. There are holistic health care providers that are there. There are family members, there are advocates, there are those helping you. And if you have a child in that spectrum, you want help, come on over to Autism One, autismone.org. And yes, for physicians, there are CMEs, there are CEUs for others, and you can make a wonderful weekend of it in the desert. Yes, it'll be hot, but you can handle it. And it'll be a wonderful reunion for some of you. I'm looking forward to seeing you there as well. And then uh, there are other upcoming events, including, I think the next one, is it true after that would be Orlando? Or am I missing one, Super Don, in the upcoming events? Just trying to figure out where we're going to be when. Uh, but October is going to be a busy month. Yeah, October, uh, was it 7th, 8th, and 9th? Yeah, there it is, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Uh, that is uh, the Wellness Parenting Revolution Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. And links are there if you want to be part of that. And there's a whole lot of our friends are going to be there joining me. And then uh, after that, we have the Health Freedom Expo in, guess where? Outside of Chicago, safe enough, far enough away. Tinley Park Convention Center, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. And uh, that that's always an amazing event, the highlight of our, our health freedom year to get a reunion there. So check out trinityschool.org and trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com and get plugged in to health freedom and healing liberty like nowhere else other than on this show when we get together at those events. So thank you for that. Now, navigating the shark-infested, pharmaceutical-infested waters that are often found in what we call allopathic medicine. We talked briefly in hour one. Uh, unfortunately, the the, uh, the connection wasn't so great, but about the ability to go direct to a practitioner, a doctor, who would have everything up front Right there. Here's what I offer. Here are the prices. No mystery. And you'll go, wow, it's that inexpensive? Yeah, because there's no insurance involved. No third-party interveners. What if people are trapped there? I'm having a sense about our guest this hour. Might be able to help in that way and maybe more ways than I realize. Priscilla Romans joins us here on the Robert Scott Bell Show from Care, G-R-A-I-T-H, care.com. Priscilla, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thanks for having me. Yes, everything you said is correct. And um Man, I mean, your all of your events that are coming up sound amazing. Well, wh- where are you located? I'm in Dallas, Texas, originally from Illinois. So okay. we moved down to Dallas in 2017 because, well, Illinois wasn't getting any better. <laughs> no, the only reason I go there is for the Health Freedom Expo. And, it, and it's okay. like in and out. But again, it's a wonderful time. It's far enough outside of Chicago. We feel OK about it. But I'm glad you're in Texas where there's a little bit more freedom. And you have, I see this sign behind you, Grace Care. You have hashtag Graceful. That's a cute play on Grateful. I like that. And uh, I guess I really need to understand more. I mean, it seems like I got the sense of what you're doing as your independent patient advocate. What is it that Grace Care is set up to do? And how did you figure this out? So um, like you, I came from the allopathic medicine side. I am a my background is a registered nurse, and um, I uh, went through um, school um, in 2004, became a nurse, registered nurse at the bedside in the pediatric intensive care unit in 2005, and I was there for um, just about a decade, and um, I started, I loved what I was doing as a pediatric intensive care nurse. I mean, we took the worst of the worst cases, the babies with um, half of a heart, and we did these amazing procedures and we got them all fixed up and 
I mean, some really critical situations. I loved being a nurse, but I started to see some of the gaps in the system, even as a young nurse. And um, I, I had a great mentor. She actually encouraged me to go understand how the healthcare system gets paid. And in all of these different jobs that I was doing, I was so confused, like, man, this is so much more complex than what it should be in my mind. I'm like, this could be so much easier. But I learned how the healthcare system got paid through what's called utilization review. So that's when a patient goes into the hospital, their first order, the patient's either gonna be an observation patient or an inpatient, and they had to meet certain criteria in order for our friends at insurance to pay it, right? So I learned that and that was so, my eyes just kind of got really wide with all of that thinking, wow, this is how the healthcare system is getting paid. Here's how the accountable care organizations or the Pioneer ACO at that time was giving money back to these large healthcare facilities. So it opened my mind beyond the bedside to say, what else is really happening here? And I had some great encouragement to then um, go run a hospice program within Illinois um, and about that program. And then I got moved to a population health program for the moderate and high risk because those were all the patients that were always going back to the emergency room. Mm. And people would say, well, why do, you, why do they keep going back? And they really don't need to come back. They just need better healthcare options outside. So we would help set up programs for those people to help them navigate the system. Well, again, I was still in a big healthcare system at that time. And there was certain things we could say and certain things we could only do. And, you know, you toe the line. And um, then I got my toes stepped into the insurance industry. I helped uh, set up a very large program um, for a large insurance um, company. And I learned a lot that I didn't think I really ever want to know again mm. in terms of how they approve or don't approve certain things for people to get done in their healthcare. They made it so difficult for people to go get procedures done. And that was really frustrating to me as a nurse going, man, if these people actually knew what was happening, they, they could help kind of navigate this a little bit better. Wouldn't, wouldn't they, and wouldn't you argue that if we rejected that third party payer system, other than for uh, extreme, like uh, catastrophic coverage that, yeah, the system yeah. would wag, might actually work, especially if you're open to uh, innovative options that well, are not would, necessarily it work. Yeah, it, it absolutely would work. And that's why all of those different roles and the reason I explain all those different roles is to explain to people. I've seen so many different parts of the system mm -hmm. with my background and I went and got my master's degree in health business administration thinking there's got to be something way better than what we're currently delivering. So my husband was super frustrated with me complaining about the healthcare system. People are always calling and say, Priscilla, what do I do next? My doctor's not letting me do this. I can't get this paid for. And I would say, here, do these things, do these three things. If this doesn't work, call me back. Mm. Right. I was always helping people. So we finally got fed up with me, um, you know, complaining. And he said, you need to do something about it. And um, I don't know why this timing was the way it was, but mm. we launched Grave Care in March of 2020. So I've just been doing this um, it, that timing. We didn't know at the time. A lot of people didn't know at the time how bad it was going to get at this point. Yeah. But I'm a big spiritual lady. I mean, yeah. I grew up with my dad's a minister. My mom's a nurse. And I feel very spirit led in terms of 
when that time was to open the doors to great care. So the concept is very simple. If people need help and they're super frustrated with where, wherever they're at in their healthcare system, from NICU babies all the way to seniors, we take care of those people. They come to great care. They say, here's my problem. And we say, you know what? We have an advocate for that. Mm. And I, we have lots of different advocates with lots of different backgrounds. We've got alternative holistic, pediatrics, NICU, seniors, physical therapy it, it, backgrounds. We don't care what it is. We want to help people. Priscilla, is this only for those in Texas or can it be expanded beyond wherever people are? So um, what's really amazing about this, I did this for a year all on my own from March to February of 2021. I was getting close to that year mark. But I started getting so many calls from people saying, here, call Priscilla, call Priscilla. I had to get a business number. And I had to start bringing on other people like-minded like me that were willing to go figure it out for people. Mm -hmm. So I have advocates all around the states and internationally. We have served people in 44 states up to this time. It's actually, we might be up to 46 or 47 states by now. Um, and we're serving people internationally. So my international advocate takes all the ones from overseas. We have Canada. We have Australian clients right now. We've gotten calls from Athens, wow. Greece this last weekend. South Africa, Spain, people want better options. Mm -hmm. And everybody that we talk to, they all have the same problem. It is the current allopathic system that only gives them one way mm -hmm. of how to get something done. Yeah. And it's an insurance directed path. And they feel the barriers to going forward with their healthcare because insurance won't pay for it's certain a trap. things. Right? It's, a, it's a trap. You're right. And kudos to your, uh, husband for getting fed up with you complaining and making you do something about it. <laughs> I love that. It's like, you got this thing that's coming up and welling up in you and you're doing, you're helping you just let's do, you know, this is kind of what I was talking about in the first hour, kind of the philosophy of what's happening now that we are being hit, you know, head on with a lot of things that haven't worked for years, but now we know they don't work. And yeah. that's kind of thrown it all in our face with COVID that made it more obvious for even the doctors and the nurses in that field to say, this doesn't work. Now what? Now, uh, many are feel trapped. Some just leave altogether. Others like, you know, my friend Kimberly Overton started the nurse freedom network. We had a little bit of discussion last hour about, you know, the, the freedom of removing yourself. If you're a doctor or nurse from all insurance and go, just going concierge and finding out, my gosh, I can actually respond to the needs of the patient. Amazing. Those basic concepts that go back actually thousands of years. And so you've established this when you have this, uh, this desire you're upset about something and it's like it's telling you hey you're here to do something about it and uh, yeah. great that you have a, a wonderful partner to, to help you you know uh, put that into uh into reality i'm thrilled absolutely yeah. thrilled to connect with you on this and uh, i was going to ask you too about some of the history you know as a nurse you said you have you were in uh, uh, pediatric icu i don't know if it goes all the way to NICU, but the question i have for you now looking back on all of that how many of these uh, children that were in ICU were there because of medical treatment as opposed to they were responding to an ailment that had nothing to do with medical treatment? Well, um, I was cardiac trained. So we okay. had a lot of babies that were born with, you know, half of a heart or a cardiac defect that mm. had to be immediately addressed. So they were born, they would go to a general defects situation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and we don't. And of course, now I look back at it as a nurse because I was never trained in terms of vaccine injuries or um, some of the components in terms of what's happening in the utero. So my my frustration 
with my background as a nurse, I don't believe I was trained mm. with all of the great things that we can do from a nutritional component or a natural component. And I call it co-partnering or co-treatment with allopathic and natural. It's mm. not one or the other. It's, it's what fits the protocol of that patient, not the protocol of the big healthcare insurance. What's the protocol of that patient? So mm. when we talk about um, a family um, planning, it should be very directed in terms of the needs of the individual. And that's what the healthcare system doesn't do because they've got one slice, one mm. protocol. And we've seen that very clearly with what they've done in the COVID protocol treatments. And we know things like vitamin um, C, which is ascorbic acid IV, we know that that's a great treatment option for even COVID, you know, and they're not offering that in the hospitals. And, and, oh, and that's, you know, vitamin C-motherapy, I call it, uh, is a legitimate allopathic intervention because um, ascorbic acid isn't, it's not really how C is found in nature on its own, but it has a therapeutic benefit in terms of healthcare interventions in a crisis like that. Uh, yes. You know, I, I look to these other minerals like selenium as well as being deficient and that can manifest what they call viral activity when you don't have adequate selenium. But then much of the allopathic world is afraid of selenium. Oh, don't get too much. In the meantime, they'll give you stuff that'll kill you even if you dose properly on it, the drugs, et cetera. So it's kind of a warped sense of reality. But since they've dominated our thoughts for so long until recently, they didn't see the absurdity of some of the claims they've been making, you know, in the allopathic realm. So I think there's a maturation occurring. And mm -hmm. I think that given the kindness and the forgiveness at heart, we can find a way to everybody, as you point out, work together to meet the needs of those who actually have genuine needs and not the needs of the pharmaceutical industry or the government complex and or the media that is all incestual in terms of the economic survival and viability to the point where, I don't know, healthcare as they call it, which is disease creation and management in reality, is 20% plus of the entire GDP and climbing. That yeah. you, can't, you, you can't function as a society with that. And I think it's probably worse than what I've just mentioned. And I think we're at a point of crisis to reflect on it and say, well, how do we go forward? Do we need more government intervention? Do we need more big pharma? Do we need more drugs? Do we need more cheaper shots to give? Or do we say all of that has transpired into the disaster we're witnessing before our very eyes in a very acute way? Yeah, I mean, I, I go back to very basic fundamentals. And usually most people don't change without a sense of urgency, something that they're feeling the pain about. So it's really important to understand what is their pain point and when are they going to engage in their own healthcare? Because I can give really good advice to people, but if they're not willing to engage in their own healthcare and start asking questions like, how much does that visit really cost without insurance? How much does that scan really cost? How much is that medication without going through insurance? People need to understand the real cost of healthcare. And if they don't start engaging in their own healthcare, they're going to continue to get sick in a broken system that is not willing to go figure it out for them. So people have to really engage. And that's why we have advocates that we like to match people with so we can help them along with that journey to say, you know what, here's the adverse reactions with these medications you've been on for a decade. Here's some things that you might want to think about, or we might need to start questioning with your physician. So we're not, we're not physicians. I don't write prescriptions. I don't diagnose. What I say is I have enough heart 
and background and experience to go figure this out for you to help you move your healthcare forward. Because if not, most people are going to stay in the same position they're in today. And most likely they're going to run into a healthcare problem and they're going, they're going to go back to the broken system for help. Classic example of doing the same thing you've always done and expecting a different result defined as insanity. And we have an insane system as it's been, uh, let's say institutionalized and, you are innovating and breaking through in your own unique way. You're here to do that. And that's, again, a great example of what I was trying to relate last hour is that this time is, is a time where you're probably people are waking up to, uh, what am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? I thought it was this. I thought it was nursing. I thought it, whatever it was, and it might involve your nursing training and career, but you're not abandoning the things you learned necessarily, but you're taking what you know and witness and experience and stepping into a larger room for the benefit of those who desperately you've identified need the help and congratulations to you Priscilla I'm grateful for what you're doing and connecting now how is it that great care specifically uh does this interface I mean how how are you able to uh subsist because everybody has to make a living at the things that they know to do you're providing a good service and uh it's viable affordable how do people you know compensate you for your service yeah, so it's an out-of-pocket service. Um, people will call us. It's very easy to get signed up um, as a membership. We have families of 10 on one membership, and they'll say, you know what? We want eight hours of advocacy. If something pops up for us, we know we can reach out to an advocate. So it's a membership. Mm -hmm. You can have, you don't even have to have a all family on your membership. We have people that have their neighbor, their cousin, their aunt on it. We're, this is different. This is innovation. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so people get to decide who they want on their membership. We say, God bless America. We don't care who it is. Let's go to work for you. So right. they literally, they literally will go to the great care website. They click enroll. Now it'll take them about a minute or two to enroll just their demographics. They can add any members they want. There's a list of over 40 advocacy options that they can pick. We have people that are selecting up to, up to 10 different items on there. They're worried about a COVID hospitalization. They're worried about maybe um, the vaccine that they've gotten that they're now very sick with. Um, they're worried about transitions of care, pediatrics, whatever it might be. They get to determine what type of advocacy they're looking for, and we will connect them with an advocate. So we are cash price. Um, all of our pricing is online. Imagine that transparency and pricing. And um, we tell people we probably save you a lot of time and money because of the, the areas of navigation that we do do. I'll give you one example. Um, in 2020, I had a um, sweet couple that had a child that was super sick, was going into the emergency room three times the prior month. And they came and said, hey, they found out what, what was wrong with him. He needs this inguinal hernia procedure, super simple procedure. I said, oh, that's no big deal. I said, what, what, what's the problem? They said, well, our insurance isn't going to cover it because it's considered an elective procedure through our short-term policy. I said, well, that's terrible. I said, well, you still need to get it done. Your kid's going to double over in pain and you'll just go back to the emergency room and pay another copay. I said, so let's go cash price shopping. They said, well, what do you mean? We can go cash price shopping? Well, yeah. There's a cash price to everything in healthcare. You just have to go find it. Stand by. We so got to take a quick break. I apologize here. No, We're on the Robert Scott Bell Show, and it's on brighteon.tv. We'll be right back. Now, that one got away from me. I'm so intrigued by what you're doing. We're behind the scenes now for those that are watching directly at robertscottbell.com slash listen or on the various places. We haven't been banned yet. Uh, so 
We've got a couple of minutes and we'll be back with TV. But yes, I, I'm just in, I, obviously I'm drawn into what you're doing and it's very pragmatic. That, that example as well is rather interesting how yeah. they had no idea that they could, they could price shop on something like an elective that might make it more viable to just go direct and not even worry about the insurance scheme yeah. and scam. Uh, yes. So just simple things like that, that people don't know. So you are, you know, filling a great niche and a service that's needed. So Shoot, uh, I don't know it all. I just tell people I'm willing to go figure it out for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I well, mean, what, doc what, just, what doctor literally can do it all? Really? Mm -hmm. They'll, they'll send you to five different specialties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they will. <laughs> well, uh, look, I, I'm just, like I said, I'm intrigued by what you're doing. People can get a lot of help with, with this. I'm an extreme example. I acknowledge it. I don't engage in any of the insurance schemes. I don't utilize allopathic medicine, except in, 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 if it were appropriate in a, a, a catastrophic situation, that more like an acute injury where you have to be put back together. Um, but for the most part, I realize that even people who gravitate toward my way of looking at the world in medicine may have one foot still in. And so you're providing, uh, you know, a transitional phase or for those that are still in it, an efficient way to go about it. So it's really cool. Yeah. It's amazing. And when we come back, I know, again, people are watching us still, but not at Bridie on. Uh, we'll be back in about 40 seconds. Um, there's a question of the day related to bladder issues. I thought we could go through that together, not to diagnose or prescribe, just to kind of let's chat about a scenario like that. And I could certainly give insight into to my experience and some homeopathic remedies that are possible. But, uh, you know, I'll ask questions, things that occur to me in that regard. We'll just have an online experiment with that. Uh, Sounds good. So that'll, that'll do, that will do that as well. I uh, hope you all are enjoying it. I'm I'll try to catch up on the chat room sometime this hour or in the bonus round for those of you who are with us. So uh, we're coming back in just a few seconds with our TV audience. Stand by. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Welcome back. If you're just uh, tuning in or you're just rejoining us from our Brideon.tv simulcast feed, this is the Robert Scott Bell Show, joined by my uh, friend, my new friend and guest here, Priscilla Romans and Graithful, G-R-A-I-T-H-F-U-L. And we have it linked up in the show notes, care.com. And I think there are subcategories in here. There's a lot of different things you can click on to find out about the services as a patient advocate service uh, to find and navigate. You were just referring to um, someone who their insurance wouldn't cover an elective like a surgery to repair, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, uh, yeah, it hernia? was an inguinal hernia. hernia. Yeah. yeah. And so they'll often yeah. say, you can live with that. We're not paying, right? In the meantime, you point out pain, ER visits. What do you do? And people don't even know. They, they might be able to shop and navigate and find a very reasonably priced procedure that you didn't even think, well, I didn't need insurance for that. We can do that. So that's cool. Um, mm -hmm. so among other things, we do have questions of the day from time to time. And I don't, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, I got to go back in the website at robertscottbell.com. We have links to all that we're doing today, including links to this. Uh, but as you scroll down, uh, towards the bottom of the today's show notes at August 1st, I can't believe we're August 1st, 2022. I just, how did we get here? Um, I'm not going to go through the, uh, visual here because I don't have a way to show it. Super Don just stepped away for a moment. Uh, but it's a question of the day from Yolanda. And she says, hi, Robert, what do you recommend for overactive bladder? My mom is on medication for this, and I would like to have her try something natural. All right, let's start there. So I, I've got my perspectives as a homeopath and also having married a doctor of chiropractic to say, 
you know, there are nerve flow issues that even uh, as simple as chiropractic adjustments can just suddenly awaken the communication pathways of the body. So there isn't this hypersensitive trigger within the bladder system. There's certainly connective tissue issues and muscular issues that can be associated with it and other things that we might say, um, taking uh, particular homeopathic remedies. We've talked about berberis aquifolium and uh, taraxicum, which is dandelion. And uh, there's a lot of things that I could throw out in that way. But just to kind of broaden our perspective on what's going on with the bladder, is this a drug deficiency, right? Having an active or overactive bladder. So has anybody ever called you guys and said, hey, this is a situation, I don't know where to turn. Yeah, I mean, we've had, we've had a gentleman that actually came to us with um, bladder cancer. And um, that was certainly very, uh, he came to us at the beginning of 2021. And um, the doctor actually told him, hey, um, you've got cancer. And that's all he heard in the conversation. That was it. He went home. One of his friends actually called me and said, hey, I know you're helping people. Can you help my friend? He thinks he's going to die because he, the doctor told me he has cancer. I called him. I said, what's going on? He goes, well, I got cancer. I said, well, let's call the doctor's office together and find out what type of cancer it is. And um, the nurse had said, oh, well, it's bladder cancer. I said, well, what, what's the plan of care that you guys told him? Because he didn't hear anything past the word cancer. And um, she, we, we got the plan of care and so forth. And he wanted to do a, he wanted to take an allopathic and an alternative approach mm -hmm. to his cancer diagnosis. And he did. And in the fall of 2020, he no longer has cancer, even up to this point, still no cancer back. And he's very excited. But it, that was scary, you know, because mm -hmm. of course it didn't penetrate the wall. Thank goodness. It was within, in the, in the bladder, which was a good thing mm -hmm. in terms of that diagnosis. But that, you know, is really concerning, um, you know, to somebody that's getting that. But the question that I would, I would ask that person is a couple things. One, what are you doing in terms of just your water intake alone? Yeah. Very good. Right? Um, and what type of water are you actually drinking? A lot of people don't realize the type of water they're drinking is it's not doing any good for them. So I would say being more on an alkaline side is very helpful. Um, if your body's more of an acidotic state, um, that more is prone to advanced disease. Mm -hmm. um, so the alkaline state would be really good. You can even um, dip your urine in a pH strip to see mm -hmm. how- Sure, where you are. How, yeah. yeah, where are you? So you Advocate do, for yourself in those situations, yes. Yeah, so you can kind of measure where you're at either by checking out your urine or either your sputum. I would say mm -hmm. if you're going to do it, do both and see mm -hmm. how it looks on both ends. And then I would make sure make sure you don't have a, U, a UTI, a urinary tract infection. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would also go back and ask the question, what pharmaceuticals are you currently on? Mm -hmm. And go back to the physician desk reference. Look at the side effect profiles of any of these medicines. They could be resulting in that, including the ones that are used to treat it. Interestingly yes, enough. That's uh, exactly right. Very the, basic things. Mm -hmm. By the way, Super Don's back so we can show the question of the day as well. And I just found on the Nutritional Frontiers website, our good friends there in Pittsburgh, they have a kidney and bladder organic herbal tincture formula. For those of you who are more holistically inclined rather than drug focused, um, these are tonifying herbs for the bladder as well, including, I mentioned the dandelion, which is so very important. Uh, and that's linked up at Nutritional Frontiers. You can always use the code RSB15 to get 15% off anything that they have, including sale priced items. And I appreciate, again, we're going to be together for a, an educational event August 6th with uh, Judy Mikovits 
and Tracy Straup on Brankowitz and of course, Jamie Dorley. And I'll be there hosting and doing my thing. So that's the journey of healthcare interactive summit. And, uh, it's coming up this Saturday. So if you want to participate remotely, go to nutritionalfrontiers.com and learn how to do that. All right, super Don, put up the question of the day. Cause there's part two to that thing. I wasn't able to show it. Thank you. Um, so, uh, let's see the second question I have. I saw an ad on Instagram for a product that uses slippery elm to help with vaginal dryness. What are your thoughts on this? Is it something that can be used daily or do you recommend another product? Thank you for your help. Okay, Yolanda. Well, I mean, this is a specific product uh, that can be associated with endocrine issues for females, um, but there can be a cer certainly herbal options. Slippery elm, I've not heard personally used for that, although it, it sort of makes sense. A lot of the things associated with the sound of that name could be impactful, but I haven't had the experience in working or prescribing that specifically. Now, there are holistically inclined OBGYNs like Dr. Anna Kabeca, C-A-B-E-C-A. -E She's got a newsletter as well. And we've had her on the show. I might have to get her back on to talk about these issues. But all right, Priscilla, so here's another opportunity. Someone calls up like, I'm not getting help. I don't want to take drugs. And this is happening. What can I do? Yeah, so Yolanda, we would definitely want to be able to advocate for her and find out what are her goals and where is she currently at, putting a game plan together with her. And sometimes we, we a lot of our clients like us to go into these doctor's visits with them, to be on the phone, to, to be a part of that conversation so we can help translate what is saying and what does the patient want to make sure we're really putting those pieces of the puzzle together. So that's really important because Yolanda could feel very confused about, well, my doctor's telling me this, I really didn't want to do that pharmaceutical thing or that test. And maybe we need to find Yolanda a better doctor fit for her. I mean, there's some great holistic options out there for Yolanda that she needs to be in tune with, but she needs to be ready and willing to engage in her healthcare. So we would want to meet her where she's at and put a game plan together that best fits her. And, um, and we take those baby steps. Um, I say, let's not do it all. Let's figure out one step at a time as to how to handle these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Listen, Priscilla, I, I think it's kind of cool. I just got to remember there's a wide variety of folks in the audience with experiences, including those that have parents that are elderly and they might not take well to just a radical homeopath like me saying here's this. And so they need their handheld to navigate with their doctors, et cetera. And it sounds like you're doing a, a really great service for those folks. And if anybody resonates with that, uh, you can check it out. We have links up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com today, August 1st, 2022 to dot G-R-A-I-T-H-C-A-R-E.com. Uh, uh, Priscilla, great, great stuff you're doing. I appreciate you. Yeah, I love this. This is, it's great to share. We we love our clients. We love, uh, it's just, it's amazing to see some of their journeys that have changed and their eyes are starting to open up. And mm -hmm. when they start feeling like they're in control of their healthcare, life changes for people when they don't feel so oh, dependent yeah. on a broken system. From victim to empowerment. I mean, it's a big step, but <clears throat> a lot of people need to take that leap and not everybody can do it alone. And so I, I think you're doing great, great work helping people to get there. And I appreciate you, Priscilla, for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, that's Priscilla Romans, greatcare.com. Uh, Y'all check it out. Enjoy the discussion. Again, broadening our view of what is possible. And of course, where everybody's starting point is different. And so I think this is a great thing. And as I mentioned in my first hour, when I was getting all philosophical about what's going on, institutions are crumbling around us. It doesn't all happen at once, but good people like Priscilla and others that are stepping up and going, you know what? 
I can do this. I can do this differently and I can help. And they're actually, actually starting new businesses that didn't exist before for advocacy in this case. How cool is that? Now on to the uh, poster child for why everybody should get as many COVID jabs as they can. President, I hate saying this, Joe Biden. Oh my gosh. That's just kind of weird. Isn't it? <clears throat> ABC news is reporting that, uh, Biden test positive for COVID for the second day in a row. He's fully jabbed. He's second fully time. boosted. Second time? Oh, says so no, it says he second had, day in a row. No, yes. He, no, no, here's 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 what's funny. And I I, t- I sent this tweet to you over the weekend. Yeah. Oh, I must have when this it. broke. He got COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh he he took Paxlovid. Yes. Then he got better. Then he tested positive again. So now mm-hmm. he's on his second bout now of covid mm-hmm. uh and this is the second day in a row he's still testing positive which is not uncommon you, you keep hearing about these things and i think it's very it's unfortunate for him mm-hmm. that he got to be like you said the poster child of hey i took paxlovid and got covid again yeah <laughs> so yeah this is the second day in a row he's tested positive for the second time now mm-hmm. wow well, and, and, and oh gosh, you know, these tests, as I say, they're still super faulty. And who are we to know if this is a, a let's say, a scam, a ruse to just get Biden out of the public sphere so he, he can't make another flub? Right. Uh, this is an easy thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I've heard other people say that. I, I don't I don't buy that because the thing is, I mean, what is he going to do? Just like are they are they is he gonna like catch covid like every week every, like, every, just, well like, it's very convenient no he'll be well, back but, you think okay yeah he's still got I, two more years saying, of flubs what are you talking about they're not gonna well make all right a big let me put it this way a few days let me put it this way the people that are managing him are like going gosh he's got COVID. good we can at least keep him head out for a few more <laughs> I, days look i will not i will not argue <laughs> with you and the fact that there are some people that are going thank god yeah right uh, what else man. can he get? You know. Yeah, but, can we keep him out of the public eye for as long yeah. as possible? This guy, this buffoon. Very uh, unfortunate, though. Here. I mean, he's a guy that's already he's already uh, you know just buried in his own gaffes, mm-hmm. and people don't take him seriously. The Democrats yeah. don't even want him to run in twenty twenty four. Yeah, uh, you know, and then here and here he gets COVID. And he fights COVID. Go get your vaccines. Listen to Doctor Fauci. You know, and then he gets COVID again after mm-hmm. after getting better. So, whatever. Wow. Dude. It was it was hard to ignore, hard not to chuckle a little bit. Now you've been busy this hour, and, and you know normally you don't step away, but uh, you were telling me, and we've talked about this. Your sister and family moved up to Northern California, almost to the Oregon border, and suddenly now the fires are going on there. I, I wasn't aware of this to the point where they've had to come visit you just to get out of probably the smoke and the threat that's going on there yeah well uh they they moved up they just bought a house up there moved up there from the bay area where we grew up family house you know Mm -hmm. both my parents have passed away now uh and so they got a house up in wairica which is about 90 minutes away from here so it's close enough that when we have birthdays and christmas and thanksgiving you know and all that kind of stuff it's just you know just a, a you know couple hours yeah so they bought this house. We went over there, my wife and I, and helped them with like painting, you know, and they getting it all put together. They got new carpet put in there and all this stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just a few days ago, a fire started in the uh, in the Klamath National Forest, which is a yeah. huge forest. And 
yeah, it, it like it went from like fifteen thousand acres and exploded to like forty thousand acres like in one night. Wow! And so, so were they? they, were they uh, on threat list that they had to evacuate? Yeah, it was moving towards Wairika, and oh. so you know they they when they do evacuations, everything's broken up into a grid, mm-hmm. and so that you get to watch this map, and if it turns yellow, that means you be prepared, and mm-hmm. if it turns red, and that means you have to go. Wow! And so they were in the yellow. Mm-hmm. And they were just sitting there, and it was like they could see the smoke, and they could really smell it, mm. and then the ash started to fall, you know, and, oh, wow. and you know, and stuff like that. And they're like, you know what? We're gonna go ahead and go. So they packed everything up and left. And about ten minutes after they pulled out of the driveway, it turned into evacuation time. So they they got out ahead of it. They were dead job, on. Yeah. But yeah, the fire is like uh, it's huge. I'm gonna show you this picture. This is from the Weather Channel. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I haven't been paying attention to a lot of that news stuff. So, um, um, and I know uh, also Eastern Kentucky, they're getting hammered at the opposite thing, flooding apparently, really bad. Like, Kentucky's really bad. I think the yeah. what was it that the the death toll I think was up to thirty five last wow. time that I I read something yeah. on that. Um, Did we so, talk yeah. about these disasters that happen? That you know, how do you prep for them? And, they do happen, and you know, we do talk about you know what do you do you know to to um, prepare for stuff like that but yeah wow, there's, look there's at a, that that's oh from the weather God. channel it's an inferno dude yeah so i mean it's really it's it's taken off um, did they get word that their house is okay the house is okay see they, they still have the power and, and the internet and all stuff like that and they've got a security system so they can like okay. get on their phone and, and see oh, yeah, it. Okay, okay there's the backyard there's the front yard stuff but gotcha. it seems like the crews have been working really well a combination of really hard work and i know mm-hmm. the work those guys do because i used to do it wildland mm-hmm. fire yeah. Hardest job in the world. Um, uh, they've been working really hard on that to protect the structures. And there was a, a small weather system that went through mm-hmm. last night. So some and rain fell. And rain, night. humidity okay. went up and stuff. Okay. So it looks like everything's going to be fine. Oh, good. I'm but glad to hear whole, Going back to what it was you were talking about, they came and spent the night here last night because they had to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so I was just saying goodbye to them because they were, yeah, well, it's leaving. crazy enough to deal with all that you deal with on a daily basis and the family comes. So yeah, anyway. that's all right though. That's what yeah. family's for. You exactly. Know? I mean, it was, it was nice able to help each other out. You were able to help out. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yep. All right. I sent you a, a link real quick, uh, in, in Skype, just so you have it, the, the, if you could put it up there, the kidney and bladder formula. I hadn't seen this one before because we got that question of the day related to bladder issues. And I said, it's hard to know definitively what, what, uh, you know the the situation is right there are other medications involved etc but there are wonderful herbs that i call it god's medicine for all kinds of things and this is a kidney bladder formula that they have it's organic it's really clean quality uh it's got pellitory uh pip uh, this is interesting uh, herb pipsisiwa it sounds like a native american uh, reference to uh, herb Pips dandelion which we know corn silk couch grass root and uva ursi you know uva ursi is known now so, it is there in latin why didn't you do the latin since you're mr latin there oh well it was it was a uh, bolden so i went to the bold instead of the uh, italicized perietera diffusa yeah that's a, that's easier go. for me See? the latin <laughs> there you go i knew so, you could do it Anyway, but RSB 15 gets you 15% off all the things that they have at Nutritional Frontiers, including, of course, the, uh, the CBD hemp products that are amazing, certified organic, U.S. grown. If you go to CBDNF.com, you can sign up there uh, to become a customer of Nutritional Frontiers. There's a drop-down menu. You mentioned the Robert Scott Bell Show. 
if you're in the United States, this is really cool. And a lot of people have not taken advantage of this yet, and they're still offering it. You just get on the list to be a customer. You don't have to buy anything initially just to try it out. Let them know you're, you got a U.S. address. They're going to send you some samples, a bunch of samples, some goodies. Uh, when you get those samples in, you take a picture like these folks have, great uh, family members now of the Robert Scott Bell Show. They're on the, uh, uh, the collage. And you'll send that into Super Don. Ask RSB at gmail.com. Ask RSB at gmail.com. When we get those pictures, you'll be entered into the next drawing that we do. And the odds are really in your favor because it's not like a billion-dollar lottery where a zillion people are in it. It's very, very reasonable that you might be the one that wins and you get a bunch of live, full-on product, hundreds of dollars worth of hemp grown U.S. grown organic CBD, so clean and sure they won't I'm even run going to, trackers through it. I'm going to venture to say that we probably, hopefully, mm-hmm. I think yeah. we have, picked yeah. up some new listeners since yeah. the last time that we had this contest right it's been what a couple months probably yeah i've been holding off waiting for some new entries so so um do it go to Mm cbdnf.com just create a free account doesn't cost you anything you just create an account put in your information mention the robert scott bell show there's a there's a little thing there right you know it says how did you hear about us robert scott bell show they Mm -hmm. send you the free stuff free i mean who doesn't want free stuff exactly i mean I'm, come on and then you're gonna want it because it's the it's so awesome the clean pure cbd they won't even run diesel tractors through the fields in this when they harvest that's how clean that's right. and pure this stuff is so third party and then, validated and verified then this all you the do stuff, is take yeah. a picture you can yeah. see you know some of these pictures here some folks mm-hmm. all they did was just take a picture with their stuff mm-hmm. send it to me via email and then you may end up winning a box a of stuff of goodies, right man. you awesome. know it's, awesome it's really stuff. cool and speaking of stuff yeah um i got What'd you get? Uh, an email. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not going to remember the. Per- See, I'm, I, I should be prepared for this before I open my mouth, so I don't. Dude, look it was door. you were busy. You had family over. You were helping them out. It's okay. Our 100th patron uh, got a hold yeah. of me. Yay! And I will be sending the daily immunity super mush uh, to her. Oh well, special shout out. What is her name? You remember? I knew you. Were I know. Ask I'm that. asking um, you. It's on the on the spot. I apologize. It's okay. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, Mary, Mary Ben. Mary, okay. Mary you, will Mary. be getting the, the daily immunity mm-hmm. uh, from Super Mush. I will be sending yep. that to her. Yep. And I've got to send out a bunch of stuff of all our patrons that won, like six different, eight different people won stuff. You know, and a bunch last... of people have not have not gotten back to me on that. Given us the I've address, the so I can right send here. it to them. Uh, Kevin, who's Kevin? Kevin, who? Kevin, I Do you know a we Kevin? might know a Kevin, but yeah, okay, he hasn't right. even sent the update, so we, he, we did, just gotta, he probably assumes we will. But uh, yeah. Carrie with a C, mm-hmm. Jason, mm-hmm. and Janet, yeah, have not uh, sent their their. Uh, and I and I know Lori wants me to bring her stuff to Autism One in a couple of weeks, so I, I will right. do that. By the way, we were giving away some copper hydrosol, some sovereign copper. We gave away some sovereign silver. And a couple of books uh, from Peter Bregan. That was thanks to Kevin, the aforementioned Kevin, our buddy. Uh, by the way, at uh, Nutritional Frontiers, their deal this month is focused on parasites. And that's a big thing. 15% off uh, different uh, cases of uh, joint and bone, parasite stuff. And you can use the RSB15 code and get an additional 15% off. It's an incredible deal. So uh, do take advantage of that. Also, the next round of classes starting up at Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org. And I understand our good buddy Murdoch 
is enrolled or is about to enroll maybe tomorrow like to Tuesday, start his I health coach journey. Said, right? Yeah. And so he's going to be one of the startups in, in August for Trinity School. And congratulations, Murdoch. And also thank you to everybody that supported Murdoch and his efforts. He described uh, in a bonus round after the show one day, we had him on what he wanted to do because he knows a lot from listening to the show and he wants to help people and he wants to help people more in an official capacity. And so he's starting his journey with Trinity on a health coach program uh, beginning August the 8th, I believe, this month. And thank you to everybody's generous support uh, that helped make that possible as well. And shout out to Julie Whitman Klein and everybody at the Trinity School. So thank you for that. And one other piece of business here I need to yeah. take care of. Um, mm -hmm. We have two, new, believe it or not, two today, two new patrons as well. Really? Welcome. Uh, that have thank signed you. up. And, yeah. you know, the thing is, it, the way this works mm -hmm. is that every month, uh, we it's not unusual for us to lose a couple, right? Mm -hmm. So you lose a couple, yeah, and we we gained a couple, right? And Treading so <laughs> I want to do a, a big welcome to Stephanie Hayes and Mercedes Fisher, who both uh, joined Patre Patreon today. Stephanie and and Mercedes. Mercedes. Thank That's you right. guys. Thank you both. Thank you yes. so much for that. Wonderful. So they will wonderful. be they they will be able to take part mm -hmm. in our next AMA, which we need to figure out when that is yes we're going to figure out each month we do a zoom meeting ama me and super d and all y'all that are part of that and it's i really want to figure out something else we can do for for our patreon because you know the amas are cool yes um but i i do want to start thinking and maybe you and i can talk about maybe some other things that we can do mm -hmm. there's a bunch of stuff on there we've got you know seminars webinars and stuff that we've done in the past we've got chapters. not for the public consumption that you that's have, right. right chapters from your book mm -hmm. um you know, and, and, and lost episodes of the show that you can't right. just hear anywhere else and stuff like that. But I, you know, I was thinking we really ought to step, step up our game just a little bit here mm -hmm. and maybe start uh, doing something else for our, our patron. Members. Well, it's either cockroach milk on tap or uh, hide the spam. Ah, uh, yes. As we wrap you up know, the show, the, the official show, we'll go to it. bonus round afterwards. But uh, for those of you who can't believe it, you probably don't eat spam, but here's, they're in the news. Spam. Yes. <laughs> Spam is canned ham, basically, uh, and it's it's on lockdown, right, in New York City because of inflationary pressures. It's so expensive to even get anything that spam, spam. is Check now this being out. stolen. Look at this from retailers. Yeah, I've 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 tried. You ever had to get, do deal with one of these dumb things in the store where they put it in the box and you have to take it up the front and they have to unlock the box so that you can get usually the usually that's high end electronics. Or something, yeah, stolen, something yeah. about it. Apparently in New York City, spam. Yeah. They're worried about people stealing spam. This is how bad it's getting. Yeah. And as far as inflation, this is what? More theft? Theft of things <laughs> that you would think everybody could just buy because it's so cheap? Even that. Now spam. People are walking out with spam. And, That's insane. Uh, it is. And folks, I, I don't want you to be in a situation where you have to beg and plead for food. So please grow your own. Don't Don't wait. Find a way. And in the meantime, store stuff. There's emergencies that happen. Some are short-term, some are long-term. But my goodness, the inflationary death spiral is a long-term and a short-term issue of consideration. Uh, consider uh, you know, utilizing the goldbacks now they have for uh, Utah, Nevada, New Hampshire, coming online, Wyoming next. And just other ways to diversify out of Federal Reserve notes that are losing rapidly their ability to buy stuff for you. I don't want you to be stuck holding all that paper. Um, now. So, yeah. What better mm -hmm. to wash down a nice meal of spam 
Then how about a cold glass of cockroach milk? No, I'm sorry. That's not happening. No? I can't believe this. This health line, are they really about health? They're promoting cockroach <laughs> milk. <laughs> They're reporting on a story because apparently, and I got this actually via email. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you. Uh, to, what was it? Who was it that emailed to me? Healthy7? Uh, thank you for sending this to me. And if you guys ever come across a cool story, mm-hmm. um, yeah, go ahead and send me the, uh, you want to know what time it is? We got 20 seconds. Oh, good Lord. We're yeah. almost out of time for but our, apparently cockroach yeah. milk. Some people are trying to tout it as the next uh, superfood. They I'll, will I'll not leave be happy until we're all eating and drinking insects. That's not happening here, folks. We got a lot <laughs> more healing to do. Join us in the bonus round at robertscatbell.com slash listen. And uh, sign up for email alerts by what? Send RSP to 22828 because the power to heal is yours. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay, bonus round starts now. What's happening? What are you doing there? I was just remembering back when I used to live on the farm, and mm-hmm. I just take the cockroach and it just kind of you milk the, the little cockroach. the little teats. The little cockroaches cockroach don't have teats. nipples. They, I don't little, think they do anyway. And into a little saucer. For, uh, how do you milk a cockroach? Oh man! Uh, I'm guessing you don't actually milk the cockroach. Yeah. I, I didn't actually read the details on this. I, I, mm-hmm. I have to be honest because um, yeah. I was I was running a little bit behind this morning, but I. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do, how do you milk? How do you get cockroach milk? It's a protein-rich, crystallized substance produced by the uh, cockroach as a source of nourishment for its young. So I guess actually it is kind of a cockroach milk, right? It's Interesting. Terrible. Yeah, it's difficult. It says here it's difficult to mass produce. Well, no kidding. They're, duh, they're going to synthesize it. How much? And then it'll how be much? Great, yeah. How much milk can you get out of one cockroach? I don't Yuck. think. You could, I don't think you could feed a kitten with it. So come on. Yeah. Uh, Lori suggests, how about a one-on-one chat with a patron contributor for 10 or 15 minutes? It's a chance to get to know them better. Absolutely, Lori. And you'd be number one if you, well, you are coming to Autism One. My plan is to broadcast live. Here's the question, though. How would we introduce that in a way that it would be fair? What? I mean, because what, you're going to do a 15-minute with every patron? Well, not everybody would be interested. We know that. But from time to time, I think it's... Yeah, okay. Just throw it out there. So... Well, that'd be all you, man. I mean, you want to? Oh, you, you want to? All me? Do that? Nobody's going to have a fifteen-minute talk with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do from time to time. So okay, there yeah. We no, go. we'll figure out something else. I want to come up with some kind of other bonus material mm-hmm. uh, that we can put in there uh, fairly regularly, mm-hmm. um, just to sweeten the deal for you guys because yeah. you guys deserve it. You really do. So yep. yeah, we'll we'll let you know. We'll let you know what's going on with that. Um, how about a poll of the day? Yeah, we didn't do that. I'm curious. What is the poll that. of the day? Milking cockroaches? It has nothing to do with cockroaches. Thank goodness. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. All right. So let me just set up the. That um, says put the cockroaches in the uh, blender. Make it like almond milk. Yuck. Ugh. Well, you know what would you do if you were starving, mm-hmm. uh, and you had no choice? I mean, it was either eat cockroaches or starve. You'd probably eat the cockroaches. Well, and you know, way, right? the history of humanity is yes. There, there, there are reasons that you may have to resort to that. But if we plan ahead properly and we don't listen to Klaus Schwab, 
we might not ever have to eat those insects. Okay. Yes. When, oh, would you take your pet to an animal chiropractor? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I imagine this audience would too. I don't. I didn't see this one. Yes, no, we're not sure. That's pretty straightforward. One was, of the uh, the stories, and I don't know if you've noticed, but on the in the um, the newsletter, mm-hmm. because I'm selfish and don't want to hang on to any stories just for me. Yeah, I list them at the bottom, the last minute stories. So it, you know, there's there's just a, a list at the bottom of other other stories people might be interested in. One of them was talking about taking your animal to a chiropractor. Um, some people might look at that and go, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> An animal? Take your animal? But apparently it's a thing, right? So I thought, hey, let's see what, what people think. So the question is, would you take your pet to an animal chiropractor? Mm-hmm. It was very simple. Yes, no, not sure. So what are you going to guess is the number one answer with our newsletter subscribers. I'm going to be an overwhelming yes. Overwhelming yes. All right. Well, how about... 56 point Totally overwhelming. 7%. But yeah, 56. Good, yeah. It's a 56%, two to one, over yes. two to one, yeah. And, and Dude, not sure. I would, yeah. Here's what I would like to do, mm-hmm. because this, this kind of fascinates me in a way. Yeah. Because we have, I mean, you know, most people know about chiropractors. I've been to chiropractors. Mm-hmm. Um... It's been a while, but I've been to chiropractors. Yeah. And I would like to get an animal chiropractor on the show. Really? What? Uh, so I'm going to put that out there. Kevin, if you're listening, yeah. let's find us a, an animal chiropractor. Do you know an animal chiropractor? What species are you talking about? Well, you know, just your average pet. Not horses and elephants or something, you know, because most people don't have. It wouldn't but, fit in the studio anyway. But, you know, I know that there are many... Like doctors of chiropractic that do as well animals but i don't know of one that's a, a specialty specializes in it i'd right. like to get I'm one sure that exists so I, I think it would be interesting to talk to somebody mm-hmm. like that because i just the idea of you know first off how, how the heck do you get a, an animal to cooperate mm-hmm. giving it a chiropractic adjustment that's just i don't know i just think it'd be neat yeah people have pets we obviously have a lot of people in our subscriber base that uh, would be all for it. So I okay. think it'd be cool to get a guest on to talk about that. Right. As I've said, I think that every baby born in America should see a chiropractor before they leave wherever birthing center they, they've come into the world through. If they have. I'd and be of willing course, to bet that makes some people nervous. Though, Hotez, of- Hotez is like losing it right now. But um, look, if you've seen the, the kind of adjustments that can occur. Remember, we talked about the Brian Artist story few weeks back we need to get brian artist back on to tell that story on the air that was amazing uh we were chatting after the uh red pill expo yeah. but you know we're not talking about danger but i know people have a, a idea about chiropractic that they haven't experienced i guess but, yeah i mean i i was i was saying i think that you know they're probably i could see why somebody would be maybe a little apprehensive about taking a baby to a chiropractor mm-hmm. just because it's just like it's just a little tiny baby right yeah you know the idea of doing stuff like that is kind of like i don't know that's just me Mm-hmm. come on chastise me or something no why would i chastise you no that's no, not you don't need to be chastised. you know sometimes when we go into bonus round it's like a switch gets switched and you're just like i'm chill dude i'm in were, were bonus you like round doing now. some some daily chill on when we were 
in between segments there? Let's see here. I have the Super Mush Daily Chill right now. Just being around it is enough. So is that enough? <laughs> stuff great. Stuff is great. I'm telling you. We also have. Don't we have uh, the Magic Mushroom uh, documentary open now? You sent out an email with it. I think. Fantastic Fungi. Yes, Fantastic Fungi. It is a yes. It's a cool documentary, and it's absolutely free. They're doing a four a four day screening mm-hmm. on that. I actually did send out an email. Uh, I don't have a banner up, but I probably should. Yeah. But um, and dude, it's actually, mu- actually it was in today's newsletter. Mushroom, I saw it. Mushroom medicine, yeah. dude, stuff we are going to to learn about this. So fantastic fungi, please yeah. check it out, share it as well. So it's put on by our our friends the robins. Mm-hmm. So yep, some cool stuff. And there will be another. You know, uh, when I sent out the upcoming events email last week about half of the people didn't even know that I sit out and I don't know why. Mm. So I'm going to try and alter the subject line of that. But what I'm doing now is I am sending out just once a week. Yeah. A uh, email with upcoming webinars, events, online, you know, classes, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's easy to miss despite all the things we think we are doing to let you know what's coming up. Now Marge says she's not into shrooms. I don't know. Talk to I God don't, about I don't mushrooms. know that we're necessarily talking about. You we're said magic. You said magic mushrooms, and I think I think Marge took you literally on that. Okay, all right. That we're not talking about psychedelic mushrooms, but mushrooms, you know, like the good ones that are healing, like yeah. medicine. I will say so, too. I mean, like, there's nothing like, for instance, the super mush stuff. There's nothing yep. psilocybin. There's nothing psychedelic. No, 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 no. There's nothing like that in here. You're talking reishi but, and. But I'm also mane. saying that Marge. You and others need to. Here I am preaching. I'm not meaning to, Marge. But well, you open, tell her. Open. What does she need to do? Open your mind to the possibility okay. that microdosing yes. is something that could uh, shift for some people and transform their lives for the better and get them off of a lot of medicines. It that is are very a dangerous. real so, thing. Now, yeah, some people yeah. may have some kind of moral, ethical, religious well, objection to. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that we ran into. Mm-hmm. A lot of people ran into with cannabis same thing where it's like you know you're just you're you're it's it's drilled into your brain Mm -hmm. as you grow up you know that this is bad this is good this is evil this is not you know um and there's a lot of talk about misinformation man yeah okay that doesn't mean you know go pop a bunch of mushrooms and and trip out on the side of the freeway or something you know? <laughs> no I we're mean, not saying that use it responsibly right. you know in the right way yeah you know i was thinking about the, the let me just think the moral or ethical dilemma here i i want to sneeze hold on excuse me ah oh, that's better <clears throat> the same moral or ethical let's say dilemma seemingly not universally applied to the toxic poison addicting dead dangerous and deadly drugs for psychiatric disorders so they'll be fine and i'm not speaking to marge right now i'm just saying in general they'll be fine with all of these deadly drugs addicting drugs psychotropic drugs that are made synthetically by big pharma etc and yet when it comes to something that god created a plant in this case a fungi right a medicinal mushroom why is somebody calling me constantly here? I don't want a call right now. I'm on. Stop it. It's like four times in a row. They won't let me go. Uh, so I, I'm just thinking in terms of this is a fungi. 
a plant, if you will, within the plant kingdom that can have medicinal impact. And yes, people can abuse it just like they can of abuse anything. They can. But my point about saying these things that we have, as we did, as I grew up with perceptions of cannabis that I no longer have in terms of real medicinal therapy. And yes, that can be abused too. I know, but I would, I arguably, and I think it's very easy to argue this case, people abusing cannabis are not in the same deadly state as people abusing synthetic pharmaceutical opioids, for instance, opiate drugs. Um, Now, this is not advocating for abuse of anything. When you because some people say, well, if you're advocating at all for it, you're advocating for the abuse of it and the addiction. No, that's not it at all. That's, that's never the Darth Maul type right. of philosophy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And yet the microdosing concept is more homeopathic and really honoring Absolutely. of the system. And, and yeah. I, all of the science that I have seen so far, yeah, when it comes to using psilocybin, okay. Mm-hmm. In microdosing, is it's yeah. having profound, profound impacts of impact a positive on brain. people, rewiring the, the brain and the nervous yes. system. To bra- I mean, you're talking about who wouldn't be for that? Yeah. So I'm saying, step back and don't, with your preconceived notions, think that we're and advocating don't stop thinking Cheech and Chong here. Okay, right. that's not. <laughs> Exactly. That's not what we're talking about here. Sometimes, you know, those patterns and engrams run heavy and you can't see beyond yeah. it. But there's a lot of things we're learning about this that, and I think partly because it was abused, and I think partly because it was induced for abuse by those, whether it be CIA folks that have tried to do this, um, they've made it so people are resistant to utilizing it in an, I would say, a more appropriate and beneficial that was more. That was fashion. more of an LSD, a, 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 a synthetic chemical. Right. Uh, product than something like uh, psilocybin but mm-hmm. anyway you know it's just one of those things where it's it's just going to take some time people will come around i'm just seeing a, a tweet by uh daily wire about kalimar kamala yep she says our nation will cut our greenhouse gas emissions in half by no later than 2030 and by no later than 2050 we will reach net zero emissions some say that's an ambitious goal i say it's oh, doable yeah up. if you're willing to kill millions you know of what? people yeah. I, look, it, it it drives me nuts every time that they come out with some stupid statement like that. It doesn't not just her. They're all guilty of that crap. And Democrats and Republicans, okay? We're going to do blah 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 by twenty fifty. Shut up. You are not. That's never going to happen. You find me one person, go back the last last fifty years, mm-hmm. and you and I'd be happy to be corrected. You go back and you find me. Mm-hmm. One politician that made some stupid comment about something that they were going to do 30 years from now that actually happened. Find me one. It, it never happens on time. It's all on, it's all for but, political points. That's all it is. Well, listen, they're getting marching orders from where? IMF, World Bank. This is mm-hmm. this is international treaty level stuff. When they say this stuff, it's not coming out of a script that's local to Kamala as vice president. It's coming out from the globalists, the one world order people. And they are intending to do that. And, of course, they have to keep redefining time frame because it never works the way they want it to work. But their intent is to do that. Whether they succeed or not, I doubt it. But at the same time, they do have an intent. And the marching orders don't come from our own government. They come from IMF, World Bank level uh, discussion, WEF as well. Those are IMF. basically... A, is, yeah. Wasn't IMF the, the name of the organization in uh, Mission Impossible? Or was it ITF? IMF? Impossible Missions Force, wasn't it? I think you're Something right. Something like that, yeah. yeah. IMF. Yeah, IMF International Monetary Fund. So, again, these are globalist puppets 
whether it be, as you point out, Republican or Democrat, doesn't matter. Uh, we're calling them out and have for a long time. And But, you know, here's Kamala's the thing. The if this is coming from, from you know, IMF or WEF yeah. or whoever like that. You could see these years in advance of, of our politicians saying these words exactly verbatim. But, yeah. Robert, can you can you come up with one example for me of any of those statements ever actually coming true? Where they go, we're going to cut emissions by so so. Blah. We're going to yeah. stop putting such and such whatever in, in this food or in the water or yeah. something like that. Do those things ever happen? Yeah, it seems stupid to me. That person's not even going to be in office when that crap happens. Mm-hmm. They're just putting that out there just to look. I'm doing something when they're really doing nothing. Yeah, that's part of it, but it's also following the script, the globalist okay. script. Yeah. So yeah, we could we can look and maybe some people have examples of that because there are things that have been long range when we talk about the progressive movement, like in Jonathan E. Moore's and, book. And I'm not talking about like like uh, you know what was a what, oh come on now, I'm gonna you know the the health healthy 2030 thing or whatever. Yeah. What, what you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, healthy people 2020. 2020. You know right. stuff like that. No, I'm not talking about that stuff. No. I'm talking about these stupid people like Kamala Harris that are like, we're going to get rid of pollution and, and, and stuff and everything by 2030, whatever. You know, they have no real intention, of, in my opinion, mm. of ever accomplishing that. That is just stuff that they can say, look, this is what we are, are going to do to make them look good. They're basically doing what they're told, and if it scores them points... That yeah, all the better. But you're yeah, right; it's all BS. But the reality is about this environmentalism. It is so deadly to not the environment, to the people who live in the environment. The changes that they want to make are are already killing people. Look at Sri Lanka. You know, we mentioned that, and we we had uh, Dr. Ravi on. A laudable goal is to convert to organic agriculture. I don't dispute that. But you come in heavy-handed and say no more chemical fertilizers in a nation. That nation is going to starve. And anybody that depends on that nation for food is going to starve. The reason we have 7, 8 billion people on the planet is because of oil. I talked about that with Jerome Corsi. And if you're advocating for what Kamala Harris is saying, you are advocating for the death of billions of people. And I say, if you're advocating for that, why don't you take yourself out first and leave us alone if you're so worried about it? But they never do that. They're like, no, no, no. We'll need a few people to, to, to make our shoes for us or repair our stuff. And the rest of you can, you know, let you eat. Organic, no, not GMO cake, something that will not, well, how about cockroach milk? We'll let you drink cockroach milk until you can't get enough and die, which is happening, would happen very fast. Uh, so. I got an email from Pat, by the way, all the, sh- no. all the people that make shoes are very offended by you. No, I, I, look, I'm just saying, if you're a uber wealthy person. <laughs> all the cobblers person, out there are just yeah, like, hey, what's like, wrong with making people's who's gonna, shoes? Who's going to make our shoes? No, there's nothing wrong with making <laughs> shoes. The point is, the the elitists the are never going to make their own shoes. They look at you, yeah, no, a shoemaker, a cobbler, as something that is just a, you know, a wage slave, if you will. That's the way they view the world. I'm sorry. I yeah. was just being sensitive to all of those cobblers that listen to our show. Yeah. Um, Got a... Stand by. Okay, got a, a low flying jet hanging overhead. Got an email from Pat. Okay. Pat says our old chiropractor adjusted our cat, and that That's had cool. lots of subluxations. Mm-hmm. He had uh, he did people and critters. He told about adjusting a chicken. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. He told about adjusting a chicken that stopped yeah. laying eggs after adjustment. She was fine. 
Nice. Well, that's what I said about even uh, the humans with things. There's there's a lot of neurological interference with what? The, the spine. Um, let's see. Adjusted Crystal says, a chicken. Hold on, that wasn't yeah. that wasn't done. She said okay. uh, w- women that couldn't conceive could after he adjusted them. Mm-hmm. He would joke that he got them pregnant. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Uh, sadly, he and his family moved away. He was a great find. Listen, dude, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I can't get past the fact that he adjusted a chicken. Okay. Well, let's get them on. Also, a Crystal chicken? says she used to have an animal chiropractor make a house call for us and uh, for her dog, and her dog loved it. Dog was named Lola. Uh, let's see. Paula says we have a massage therapist who does animal massages. We've heard of that. Um, Lori Would says. Would you massage a chicken? I don't know. Lori says she knows of one, a holistic vet and animal chiropractor. So, yeah. A chicken. Yeah. How do you adjust a chicken? Superdon's going to be having nightmares all night trying to figure I out. I don't. <laughs> this just sounds so crazy to me, but whatever. Your beak, I mean, your beak is a little crooked. If it were, I mean, you know, look, whatever. Okay. Yeah, we need to, We need to get a. I, in fact, I want to get a. Um, I want to get one on that can adjust a chicken. I'm sorry, that is the new requirement now. If they haven't adjusted a chicken, they can't be on the show. Okie dokie. Anyway. Dude, you know, it's funny. I uh, t- This morning was one of those mornings. I, I I guess it was kind of a rough night with the dogs and stuff last night, too, because mm-hmm. it, uh, we have four dogs that we have to rotate because they don't really all get along with each other. Then my sister and her husband had a dog Yeah. when they came over and spent the night last night. So it was very difficult trying to navigate get, all of the dogs you know, that don't get along. Dogs and stuff like that, and dogs that normally would be running around the house had to be in the room all day and stuff like that. So I think they were kind of like out of sorts. Hmm. But I woke up this morning, my alarm went off at 5.30, and I was I was underwater. You know that feeling? Yeah. You know, yeah. up until about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Now I feel great. Okay. <laughs> now I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. Something happened. I don't know. Right. But yeah, it took me that long to snap out of it today. Today is just one of those days. Yeah. Well, I glad finished you made my it. bottle of copper, by the way. Oh, good. All right. We got to get you some. I have more. another one. Nope. Okay, I got good. another one. So <clears throat> I have been taking that. I know you harassed me for a long time that why did I have it if I wasn't going to take it? Yeah, you got to put it so, in. So, yeah, I have been doing using that. Um, a piece of, uh, let's say, uh, anecdotal news mm-hmm. on my grandson. Right. Who has been taking the. Pure body, Pure body extra. extra. Yeah, and I hope you guys took advantage of that because it expired last night at midnight. So this no, is the five dollar deal. So I'm I, I'm one of those guys that you know I just I'm not going to jump to any conclusions until you've given it enough time because I mm-hmm. want it to be more than just a coincidence. But I'm take four more sprays right now. Now I'm thinking about it. My daughter uh, called me yesterday and I said text me because mm-hmm. I want to have it in black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember how old he is. Five, six, no, seven, hmm. I think. And on the spectrum. And she has been using it with him for a little over a week now, I think. Okay. About a week and a half. That's the stuff. And she said she has noticed, uh, she puts it as clearer processing and less processing time with hmm. him. Well, a mom would know. Yeah, you, know, you yeah. see that every day. So, so the other thing she said, he's been sweating significantly. Hmm. 
Now, can you think of any reason why that those two would be connected, or is that coincidence? Well, let's let's think about what this is doing. The zeolites go in. They're not attached to heavy metals because they've clean, cleaned them up first. They're in a colloidal suspension. They right. go into the body. They can transit anywhere. They grab the metals. And we know that these kids on the autism spectrum often have what uh, detox pathway corruption. So if you are intelligent, and I mean this about the cells being smarter than all of us, they go, all right, now we've got this stuff in the body we need to get out, and we know the liver and kidneys are compromised. How about sending it out through the skin? That's another escape route. And these things are small enough, these zeolites, to do that, to be sweated out with the water and the salts uh, from the body. So for me, I'm not surprised by that. It's an adaptation for survival. Okay. And, and so that's an interesting as well shift if she's noticing that Significant well. sweating, which he hasn't had before. Yeah on this level and clearer processing with less process time. So that's I it. told that's her, great. keep on going. Yeah. Let's, let's check again in another week. This could be a and we'll very check again good week. And we're going to go through a full month because I don't want this to be a thing where we're attributing it to something that it's not. I want to know. I have to you know? maybe get that out to the uh, community at autism. One as a simple thing that can add into the mix. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. So anyway. let's see, tomorrow, if he doesn't cancel, Kevin Sorbo is scheduled to open the show with us. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. All right. So um, do we know what the topic is for him? I have no, for no idea. You He's that Kevin out. Sorbo. Come on. Just a cool guy, yeah. I think and then we're we have, as long as we don't talk about Hercules. And then yeah, you're the only one I'm worried about there. Uh, Jamie Dorley, Joe Messino likely to join us. Maybe Tracy Strout because we're heading in this weekend to Pittsburgh for the big event. Uh, but they'll be with us in the second hour tomorrow. We got a return from Ari Witten. Uh, and Ari's awesome, dude. And we talk about breathing things on a next level. Ari's great. Uh, then Thursday, did you talk with uh, Jonathan Emord if he wants to pre record or do an encore? On I have Thursday? not yet. I'll shoot him right. an email. Right. Because I'm going to be flying out Thursday and then Friday. We'll be live uh, in Pittsburgh. I'll probably at the hotel. We got, let's see, we got Todd Callender and Sam Anthony from Your News in the second hour, it looks like at this point. And we'll see what other, if I can get Judy Mikovits on and Tracy and all of that, whether it be for Sunday show or Monday, I don't know. Uh, but that should be good. Alrighty. Well, that's all I've got. I thought it was a good show today. It was unfortunate, the uh, connection problem that we had in the first hour. We'll get... We tried, honestly, and she tried. Three different connections, yeah. and it kind of got bad. And the thing is, now I'm sensitive to, we can hear it, but it doesn't mean that they out y'all can hear it out there. Apparently, there's a, a difference. Right. And so we've got to be sensitive to that. I don't want to ride these interviews out just because I want them. I, I just have to reschedule, and we can reschedule her uh, for that. So. So what do we got? Uh, Murdoch and Rolls on Tuesday. He raised enough to be able to go. That is so awesome, dude. So awesome. And thank you to everybody that supported Murdoch getting a, a health coach program started at Trinity School of Natural Health. Yes, sir. All right. Christy Let's... started her son on it yesterday on the uh, the zeolites. So we okay, can hear, cool. hear how that goes as well. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, comp we'll compare notes. It's such yeah, a simple I'm, thing to do. So simple. Yeah. It is. It is. And, and I mean, it's, you know, I have, I have two grandsons. She's had trouble with one of them getting getting them to, to cooperate, mm -hmm. which if, you, if you've got a, a child or a grandchild, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's got autism, you know, you know how difficult some things can be. So, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's my other grandson who who doesn't have it quite as bad um, and doesn't mind. But I mean, it's you know, it doesn't taste bad. It doesn't have a weird yeah. flavor. You know, it's just water. Yeah. So you know, if you can turn it into like a game or something, you know, they'll mm. the, it'll work. But Stephen has a question. I don't know the answer to this. Can you answer this? What? Uh, it's about the V Science Bites. What about it? Why has the V-Science Bites link been removed from the homepage menu? It was a great resource of 16 dedicated academic segments with Dr. Tenpenny covering the dangers of particular vaccines. Da, da, da. Where is it? Where are they? I don't know. I will look into that. Yeah, we don't want to I'll lose see that. see what happened to that. I mean, we haven't lost them. They're still there. Okay. Yeah. I will find it? out what's going on with that. All right. Uh, let's see. Did you do contact Dr. Mark Smith Natchez Trace Animal Clinic? Christy says so. Yeah, there's there's some options out there, really good options. Well, thank y'all for being here. Um, an interesting Monday for sure. Again, I wish everything would flow just beautifully and smoothly with our guests, but they they were terrific. Uh, second hour we were able to get through it no problem, and we'll look forward to maybe Kevin Sorbo tomorrow. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks. We will see you all. See, as Robert would say, see y'all. See y'all. See Let's y'all. See. Less than 22 hours from now. Tomorrow. God willing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank y'all. you. Thank you very much. Y'all.